0: and upload. That simple. Join anchor.fm today and get to podcasting. Mwah.
1: Yo yo what it do? Blizz D homie. I'm hanging out with the misfits on the Who They Want Podcast. If you ain't here, you ain't bought it. Blizz D homie homie.
2: Yo, 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 you already know what it is, what it be, what it ain't, but
1: what it really
2: is. This is Psychedelic chilling with the misfits on Who They Want Podcast. This is a little bit of
1: what it is. This your boy Captain Capo Grum on standby for the run by with the misfits on Who They Want Podcast. You ain't bought it if you ain't here, so stay tuned. Grum. Yo, yo,
0: yo, this
3: is FP3 chilling with the misfits on Who They Want Podcast. The one and only, stay tuned. Stay tuned. What's up, y'all? This is Lady Tasha, better known as the Duchess. And you already know I'm rocking with the Misfix on a Who They Want Entertainment podcast show. And don't forget, go and download everything Entertainment Expo app and get blocked in or bow down, bitches.
0: Steady. Are you ready? Steady. Are you ready? ready? Mm. Steady. ready? Steady. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I can't wait to be who they want. Steady, are you
2: ready? What's going on? Steady, are you ready?
0: yo 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 welcome back to the legendary iconic award-winning podcast show that does everything that they don't y'all are now tuned in to who they want podcast show really really that's just that's what we're gonna do do the intro okay (laughs) <laughs> absolutely man it is music icon monday and we have a legend in the studio amongst us ladies and gentlemen from one of my favorite i'm talking about super fantastic favorite group being that i am a 90s baby so it's only fair to say it for me you already know we got dr garfield bright you heard me right dr. Do- garfield, let's hear doctor Garfield. Puss- you feel me? We're gonna put some respect on his name, <laughs> ladies and
3: gentlemen.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, so we'll have him on just momentarily. He's sitting in the studio waiting on us to go <laughs> do our thing, you know.
3: So, what's, you know what? First thing, I just want to say, rest in peace, Power Cole. That was a you know, another great person who we lost, and absolutely, um, you know. Um, you know <clears throat> You know they said he um was battling COVID, unfortunately, and just send my blessings and prayers and condolences out to his family. Um, you know, we lost so many, it's hurtful, but uh, people please stay safe. agree get vaccinated and wear the mask. Then that's all I'm gonna say about that. And everything. But Steady, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. I am doing great, beloved. You know, what I'm saying always working. I've been actually studying today, just even though I knew what we had going, because we had this under wraps for quite a few weeks with the mass promotion. But just the excitement of knowing that, you know, we here tonight with an icon on our legendary podcast status mode tonight. So it's definitely epic. You already know
3: yeah this the kind iconic of moment and uh we just gonna get into it. hey lisa uh, um yeah he was also battling Um, uh, we got the comments the comments are gonna be going crazy tonight i'm quite sure
0: absolutely he was battling cancer <laughs> she was letting us know that he had did i knew oh, he answer, had another
3: too? okay yeah right okay wow oh gosh you know you just never know um, we got to just thank God, you know, we got to start taking care of ourselves. You know, I fell off around my birthday. I got in there and started working out again and stuff, eating right, right. everything. So we definitely got to start taking care of ourselves and everything. And <clears throat> just, you know, everybody just please continue to stay safe. I just can't get that out of my mind. You know, there's a lot of people out here for some reason. They just don't, they just want to rebel. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. A, right. a lot it of is. Food, We just rebel against like, you know, life and staying safe. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know what more we have to do, how many more people we have to lose before people understand that this is serious and we no, got to take this serious. These are our lives. You know what I mean? You know, just, yeah. if you know, listen, if you don't want to get vaccinated, wear your mask, fine, but just have respect for me and others and stay away from me. You know what I mean? Because we don't <laughs> know. I'm, I'm not even saying that to be funny. Yeah, but I'm I just, know. You know I, this is it's, it's 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 getting rough, you know. This thing is not it's not going nowhere, and then it's coming back with a vengeance with variants. <laughs> you, you, know you feel what I'm me? He's he been he hooked
0: up with all his cousins, his sisters, his yeah, distant cousins. Like, he done brought all his relatives to the yeah, forefront. They, like, yeah.
3: they got the whole Greek thing going on with the Omega and this and that and stuff, and the Delta. Lord, I mean, Jesus Christ. But, Absolutely. anywho, um, you know, I just, you know, grateful and thankful that. I'm still here, you know. Steady's here. We're here tonight on the show, getting ready to have a dope show. Um, Kyle will be joining us a little, little bit later and everything, but I think we're just going to get into the show. And we can't keep the I want to keep the doctor waiting, Doctor Garfield, right? The
0: <laughs> 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 so legendary. Let's,
3: let's bring him in.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no,
3: How you out there cheesing, you all right? <laughs> y'all
4: right? Y'all look crazy over there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but listen, hey, that is, you know, it's a lot going on nowadays and stuff, you know, and it's just, it's scary, you know? How did COVID, you know, how did you cope with this COVID thing?
1: I mean, you know, it's, it was rough being in the house for a year. Yeah. but um, It forced you to pivot and kind of like do new things and kind of reinvent yourself and get more creative with regard to, you know, money making mm-hmm. and creating streams of income that you might not have had before and just being smarter, moving smarter, more efficient, um, sure. still, you know, uh, keep the sanity and, um, still being able to connect with the people that, you know, define, you know, help define you and, and, and that link that allows you the, uh, you know, the mechanism to relax and to enjoy yourself, you know, um, right. that connection through that connection. So finding new ways to connect, um, and making them meaningful and everything. Right. So that, that, that was what COVID kind of, you know, did for me. Um, I learned Pro Tools, so I'm, you know, instead of having to go to different studios and get vocals recorded by some yeah. engineer, I can do it myself now for and it is my creative process because it allowed me to create a whole lot of material. Now I'm doing a solo album right. for Off the track in uh, albums, you know, it's, it's all acapella, like the tracks themselves are acapella tracks, oh. the drums, now the trumpets, and then I'm singing songs on top of that, but it's all me. Wow. And so, but I, I only fell into that because of COVID. That's COVID, my wow. I wrote a book. Um, yeah you know, I was really I, I
3: didn't get to see it yet but yeah and stuff
1: like that so you know and that's going to be residual income when I put it out it's going to you right. know so it's not space specific Stuff like that. So I thought it through on, on those levels. I've always, you know, food-wise, I'm a vegan. I've been vegan for a while,
3: yeah. that. And are we going to get into that, too. I see you vegan. And you must be feeling good with that as well, huh? Yeah, yeah.
1: I just turned 52 on um, October the 12th.
3: I don't, stop that. I, don't, I
1: don't feel like what I thought 52 was going to be when I was younger. I don't feel like what I am. Right. You know, I'm 52 years old, for sure. 1969. Uh-huh. Oh, you don't It's important to have a good diet to try to work mm-hmm. out as if you can, you know, just being consistent. You don't, don't got to be pushing 500 pounds and all that, but right, something right. consistent that you can keep to that's in your wheelhouse that don't tax you too much, but that you just keep building on. Get a little bit more endurance towards it. Boom, boom, boom. Fit in your mm-hmm. schedule and your your body responds to it, just like a cactus in the, in the desert. You know, right. give it a little bit of water, but the water that it gets, it's trained itself to distribute that and make it sustainable over time until it gets to the next. So your body's intelligent, it'll learn, you know, what you as long as you put in something good, it'll give you something good back, you know. Right, so I just right. all those things COVID has really brought to the fore even more because people mm-hmm. who aren't being in shape or aren't doing those things, the enclosed space and the real stressed out movement. Is adding to a, a scenario that can get you sicker, or potentially get you most acceptable, you know, immune system wise right. to being sick.
3: Got you. So, Absolutely.
1: You know That's all those I'm things. So, and can know.
3: I just tell you, as you sit in here speaking, you have even when you talking, you have that same cool, suave thing that you have when you're singing. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm saying, Stevie? I mean, he just got. It's <laughs> like,
0: cool, definitely suave. still there. Like yeah. it doesn't change. <laughs>
3: know you know and you're sitting here just talking having a conversation with us and it's still there and it's natural gosh oh, well, man. i appreciate that a- i'm not aware but um lisa marie said you're looking great dr bright that's right we are never dr bright <laughs>
1: thank you so much you know, i appreciate you- dr Bright. you know but i'm still just g to me to myself you know i accomplished that academically you mm-hmm. know and it's something that i you know a terminal degree is something for my family legacy um, right. and it's something I, I, I strove for and I stuck to it, you know, proved a lot to myself by reaching that because that's a pledge process. People don't know that until they go through a doctoral program, but to get right. that, to do the I wasn't and, myself. and so I did it. you know, I didn't do it to be accepted by the academy. I didn't even get hooded right. at a graduation ceremony. I I went that I did it right. for myself and my legacy and my posterity, and my sons. And, um, and because I'm fascinated by education, I wanted to see what was next to keep going and stuff right. like that. So because of that, of course I worked hard, but. In my mind i'm still g like it didn't define me but right, some people right. just regardless of what i think they looking at me like you know what i'm proud of you i'm gonna give you your stripes bro i'm gonna call you doctor <laughs> so right. people i mean i'm quite sure
3: i'm gonna slip up and call you or garfield yeah just, you know and that's fine
1: like because I'm, yeah, you know I mean? that, I'm
3: that doctor right there you know and and I,
1: everything. I, 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 you know i earned that and i'm proud of that no yeah, doubt and, right. and i don't try to dissociate myself from that at all but, um, you know, it doesn't define me as, a, as Garfield, you know. Um, right. That's not a status thing. I wasn't doing it for a status symbol, you know what I mean? I funny. did it because cause I like learning, and I messed around and went all the way to a terminal degree with it, got an award off of my dissertation. Yes, the yes. College of Arts and Sciences and stuff. I had a 4.03 GPA. Like, I really, really did that. And um, That's but awesome. I'm still G, you know. Okay. <laughs> so. I
0: like
3: okay. I like
0: that humbleness is so raw. I love
3: it. <laughs> so as uh, you said now you there's something you mentioned. You said it runs in your family, right? So yeah, um, but it
1: basically does. My my my, right. my, my dad and mom both work for you know the National Education Association and okay. Alabama Education Association. You know, and they they were both steeped in education and. They taught, you know, early on, I went to school in Alabama, um, first through third grade on the college of Alabama State University, the Hornets. I went wow. to the early childhood center on that campus. People from Montgomery, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Right, and, um, right. So in my younger days, I saw black college students in my view every day. I thought that was just some normal stuff. Once you got big, you're going to go to this black college. That's just right. what we do as Black people. That's what I, I as a baby, as a kid, being right. on that campus for my schooling, and then walking across the street onto the campus to to get with mom and dad by five o'clock so we can go home. And I'm on that. Right. I'm the guy on the side of the football in the football games. I'm on. The, I'm the guy on the side pumping the Gatorade for the team, throwing the football at <laughs> the quarterback, or at the basketball games, you know, at halftime. The little kids that be playing on the court that shouldn't be out there. I'm one of the right. little boys shooting. And be like, how you get down there? Well, That's yeah. me. I'm like, like, <laughs> So you know, I was I was just in in a college world, and so education and black people was like peanut butter and jelly to me. I thought it right. was supposed to be. So when I grew up, I always thought that black people just went to college because that was my reality. Right. That's right. a whole bunch of black excellence in my and that's friends at all the time. reality to be a
3: part of, though. Yeah. So what? when
1: I got older, I went to Howard, you know, and that's where we, you know, shy met, and you know, it was a foregone conclusion, and I was, you know, going. It wasn't even like a big deal to me. It was just that's what we do. Oh, Looking back, I, I realized that was the tutelage of my parents and just instilling education early on. I learned how to read at around age three or something like that, something crazy. Right. and um, That allowed me to start school a little bit early. I graduated. I was seventeen in Howard as a freshman. Thought I was thought I was going. How put me lessons, on a waiting you know list? How <laughs> put
3: me on a waiting list back in nineteen ninety two? I got into Syracuse. I got in Virginia State, but they put me on a waiting list. So that's Damn. a big deal how it was like a big deal back then for you to you know so you yeah know. for
1: sure that was the only school i applied to like if i didn't make it in you yeah, got into it, i just wouldn't have been in school um i had basketball scholarships and stuff like that offers and stuff like that around the area of massachusetts and stuff but i just i wanted to go to howard <laughs> oh, really?
3: so you was a hooper back in the days you played yeah
1: ball I, in- I play i played ball you know I play AMU ball play ball for my high school brockton high school brockton massachusetts the boxers at my senior year, was ranked like twenty-two in the nation by the USA Today thing that comes out. And yeah, no. Coach Coach Vic Ortiz was our coach. He was a legendary coach, and really? we had cats on our team that went to you know Curtis, you know um, Jackson that went to DePaul. Um, Curtis Bostic went to the University of Cincinnati. Troy Bostic, um, Orlando Vandross became a coach, like a real big coach all throughout. Um, I think wow. he went to FIC and some other places. But it was a lot of talent on our team. Michael Shelby. You know, just right. you know, we played against Cambridge, Ranger Latin. Patrick Ewan's high school was our rival high school. Ramil oh, really? Robinson was somebody who we played against, who ended up going pro. We went played for Michigan and went pro and stuff like. That. But Coach Russell Jarvis was the coach of that team, a legendary coach in his own right and stuff like that. The high school coach, Pat, he and the coach. Is he to Mike Jarvis? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Is Mike Jarvis was the coach. coach Mike, Russell, Mike was his son. Yeah, Mike Jarvis was the coach. And yeah. I was was yeah. when
3: I was at St. John's.
1: Yeah. So that coach came from Cambridge and Latin in my rival yeah. high school. He was that coach and That's stuff like right. that. So they
3: are from Massachusetts.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That yes. was, coach Jarvis was the, that. is the man. I was going to say was the man. He's, he's the man. And yes. so, um, you know, I played ball against them cats. That was our rival school. And, you know, Lance died. And there was a couple of cats on that gym edge hill. That was just, just, just crazy dope. You know, and that was just forging metal meets metal. And I played AAU ball. I, I started, you know, I made the... The team out of all the kids in Massachusetts, it was only like 16 spots, like 300 kids trying out. So I was balling. I had like a 38 inch vertical, you know, saying I was 6'2", 180, you know.
3: So, oh, so yeah, he was the, he was the average basketball
1: player. Yeah, that that the size right there. That was it back in the day. No, yep, so, back
3: then shooting guard. You
1: know what I mean? guard. Yeah. And so wow. it was fun. You know, I played ball. I had house. I was trying to dunk on everybody. Mama, when I went to Howard, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the basket, hang just a little bit at half court. My boy is steal the ball. I take off. He throwing. I'm I'm sideways. Jordan. It boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to try out. This is the truth right here. I was going to try out. And I was naive to the protocol. And I had been playing like the guys that were going to try out play ball with each other all summer long, cross street at Banneker. It was like all a good run would be at Banneker, cross street and then downstairs in the um, old gym and in intramural. And I was balling out, dunking on everybody. I was like, you know, it's like six of us. I was like at least one of the top two. And so when tryout time came, it was like five o'clock in the morning. It was still black outside. I got up there ready to go on the court and show what I know. And the dude stopped me. He was like, "Yo, where's your white slip?" And I was like, "What white slip?" He was like, "You had to have a drug test to come try out." I was like, "Yo, I ain't know. You know, I thought we just try out, and if you like us, and we got a chance to make the squad, then we go do all the stuff that's right. necessary to make sure we, you know. But I know I had to have that just to try out. So right. they didn't let me try out. So I'm sitting there watching kids that I used to just straight bang on you know <laughs> a couple of them right. squad, you know i mean a couple of dudes that did play like ralph He just a point guard he was nasty he was like a local he was nasty yeah. but it was you know but everybody else out there i had game for you know i had work for
3: that but was a big thing out the shot yeah.
1: so i'm not mad at it you know like yeah. no you can't
3: be that. mad at that so, <laughs> so only, okay so you you okay so you came from a family background or education so you was mm-hmm. expected. You know, to go on to school, which you did and you finished, but yeah. you took a pause to join the group shy when you met up with your brothers, that shy. How, okay, what was that transition like for you and your family?
1: What, What? The, when we what, got a deal you, or what,
3: just? You're telling your family, listen, hey, you know, I, I know what, you know, what you expect of me, you know, what my goal set out to do, you know, go on get an education. But I'm pausing right now because I want, you know, I want to go with my brother shy, you know, the well, group. Um, this group and
1: you know my pops was all for it because that was like his dream you know he was in the air force and he was in a singing group and they was traveling all over the world i think it was called the mystics and so he never really got to totally fulfill that outside of the context of the air force um mm-hmm. but they they won all the competitions like they got a little popularity within that circle and so right, when i right. played him the song if i ever as our demo and he was like damn and um you know that you know he was like well yo if you and then when the, the, the record deal stuff started materializing, he was like, bruh, go for your dream. This is a once in a lifetime, like, you know,
4: right, just
1: do, right. do that. My mom was a little more skeptical because she wanted me to be able to fall back on something. And as a mother would, you know, she didn't, mother, know, right. she, didn't know right. she didn't That's know what really if mean. we get signed. And, and, you know, if I ever was like, she was like, it's a beautiful song, but you know, the industry and, you know, just, you know, and then when the deal materialized and a few weeks after that, we were in Arsenio Hall and I was flying my mom to LA to come to the Arsenio Hall show to watch me. Then that's when she was like, "Dang, this boy, <laughs> this this boy really did do yeah. it. Like this is really in the industry for real. Like this is this is really happening." And then two weeks later, Jay Leno, and you know, then the rest is was So answering. it just so,
3: happened that fast, like that.
0: Instant sensation. It was I crazy. Imagine.
1: And then as soon as it happened, we were overseas in Europe. We didn't early on. We didn't get a chance to be in the states capitalizing off of our newly found kind of celebrity and stuff like that. People knew the song. They didn't know what we looked like yet, because we didn't even right. a video yet. We were still right. doing promotional tour, because our label, MCA, our president at the time, Randy Phillips, had real great relationships with the European market and MTV and all of those different resources overseas right. that buy right. records and break albums. So they got us over there and broke us over there, it, like we was mass. We were like huge over there before we even came back to the States. Really? And, um, so yeah, you know, we were late to it, and then because of that too, black radio felt like we alienated them. They thought we were calling the shots when it was our label doing all this oh. stuff. When, when we caught wind of the fact that they were looking at us sideways, because groups like Silk and you know H Town had ingratiated themselves with black radio, you know, they, they were like, "What's up with Shy?" You know, Brother went to Howard, they gonna try to be all stuck up, but it wasn't us. He was just we right. were just he was signed kind a of record deal, and the label said, "Go here." We was gonna label. And we realized yeah. that we had to get a critical thinking eye to it, and like, look. We can't so we had to pull a few power moves, you know, that cost us relationships to make sure we went to black radio stations from that point. Even mm-hmm. going as far as doing baby I'm yours video back at Howard's campus to show people, yo, we right, can't right, right. and also to make it be a promotional tool to make people want to come to Howard too. But to let people know this is where we come from. There's no way we sell now. We come from right, the back
3: right, right, and
1: right. I was in the nation of Islam for crying out loud. Like y'all don't y'all don't know who y'all really dealing with with me. People got it twisted on the outside looking in. They don't really know my background, but yeah so it was all that going i was like we ain't, nah we're not going to be labeled like that by these, by the radio station we got to really sit down and let them know what it is so we kind of straightened it out by releasing comforter we had to dare our label to release comforter before releasing baby i'm yours mm. they were never going to release comforter they thought yeah. that was, they thought that they didn't have the they didn't realize you know we kept telling them as human commodities who were in the marketplace where we're commodities but we human, so we can hear what people want and what we talk about. Right. And all the heads in the hood was like, yo, I love that, if I ever jump over yo, my joint is comforting, yo, my joint. So we go back to our label and report out as product that can speak, yo, the, the marketplace is feeling comforted. And basically they treated us like, you know, like how they did LeBron with shut up and dribble. They basically nah. treated us like, you know, just shut up and, and play your part and let us do this business thing. Right, and right. so being Howard, Howard dudes, we stood on our square and was like, nah, man, I'm telling you. So instead of just dismissing us, which they actually would have the power to do, they wanted to make us look bad. So they were like, okay, we're going to put out your comforter and show you what's what. So they put no money behind it, put it out, put a real cheap video, but on the strength of the appeal of the song, when it became a single, people actually requested it at radio stations. People actually bought it and without no push, it went to the top 10 on Billboard and it sold gold coming out the gate with no push. Wow! So then they were forced to release Baby I'm Yours next. And they put money behind it to get it played and do all the stuff that they didn't do for Comforter. And they've got about the same amount of sales and the same mm-hmm. chart position. So, but right. we would have never had Comforter out there had it not been for us telling our label that, you know, it's time for us. That. Because right. that's a more urban sound than Baby I'm Yours. Ur- Baby I'm right. Yours was a dope song, but it was more pop. Right, and, right, um, right. so, you know, that's how right. we played it. And we got lucky and got three singles on that first album, which only would have gotten two, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it.
3: Wow. So we got Jacqueline Love, up in the comments, she you're Looking awesome. And I just Thank want to give a shout out to her because when I told her you he was coming on a show, she took me all the way back and said, Her and Von Hopper interviewed y'all when you
1: the man, yo.
3: <laughs> you're can put that, that's what she's talking. She's talking to him right now. She interviewed you. I remember when Von Hopper interviewed you from WBLS The Quiet Storm. This is Jackie Love. Maureen, well, what's up, Maureen? you right now
1: in America. What? Uh-huh. Yeah, me we On this wild night one time, man, with us. Like she said, she actually probably saved, saved, saved me and darkness. <laughs> we got to this crazy brawl one time when our promotional tour because our label really? we didn't have security. Our label didn't really think they didn't really realize what they had. Like, so they put us on a road with no security. So we were on the road with no security, so well, right right the with no security in a club. I'm singing the thing, comfort or something, and then some guy was there with this lady at the on the front of the stage, and the girl was kind of you know spazzing out a little bit, you know. You know, she kind of lost it for a second. She didn't realize she was with a man or something, and wow. so who was kind of like, kind of pissed off about it and kind of mouth and stuff. I mean, you know, and I, I kind of clapped back, and next thing you know, mid show it was just on. I mean, you know, we was really? to go in and it was a big bro. You know, and in the, in the but SWV's bodyguards like caught caught me in mid air. I was diving on the pile. They caught me in mid air and took me outside to what, really? what in the was the in the limo. It was crazy, they, they, but it was like it would have been bad. It would have been all bad. I think I broke a Heineken bottle. <laughs> wow, those days were just wild. We were just young and crazy and just wild, and you know we having fun. We were hiring people, but you know we have a security man. We had to de- we had to defend ourselves, and so you know it was just crazy. Right. But those man, are the fun days. And,
3: um, she remember you at the nineties. Jackie Love said, Maureen said hello and said so she remember you at um at the nineties at Madison Square Garden at the Budweiser Super Fest, Silky sweat. Amazing. Yeah, that
1: was it. That was everything. The yeah, superstars, everything. Amazing. That was like He's Al right. Haymon put on a hell of a your production. That's what Shy SWV H Town Jay Silk. Yes. That's what we all kind of came out of and got our stripes. You know when we right. started. Yes. You know what I mean? And exactly. the band, that they work right. with us my the
3: studio. <laughs> it's my yeah. day. So let's just talk. Let's take it back. Back when when you and Shy when the group first started out and everything. So you said um, if I ever was your demo.
1: It was our demo, it became our demo. At first originally it was just our practice song. We just created an acapella song, you know, to, to, like, to practice our long notes, the harmonies, the blend, the crescendos, the breath control. It was a song that had all the elements to make us make sure we were on point with all that. And we would sing it, on a, or we practiced, that's the song. We would sing Comforter, Baby I'm Yours, and If I Ever as our practice songs. Acapella, or sometimes with piano accompaniment down in the fine arts right. um, building in the, in the little soundproof rooms. We would go down there and sing those songs over and over and over and over again, just to get, you know, our, our harmonies tight and stuff like that. So when we did this one show, the only show we did was this one show before we got a record deal. And we did that at a Crampton Auditorium. And it was like Apollo. It was like the football players from school and the New York crowd would come there. And no matter what the talent was, they they wanted to beat Apollo so bad. So they just was ready to, they had drinks in their system and they were ready to boo people just just to have fun for them. Right, but um, right. the artist was like incredible artists that were there. It was a whole bunch of, end up like would be signed to label artists like Eric Robeson mm. and Tracy Lee and Dawn Allen from Pure Soul and Ooh, you know people okay. like that were in this show and then we happened to be in this show too and you know we, we happened to go last I think and um really? we didn't get boo we got an encore we went and did all these voice to men songs and um they loved us and they wanted the encore we came back out and we didn't have any more songs on our little dat tape for our performance what we gonna do well you know, want to do a cappella joint all right so we got to the front of the stage and cranked up if I ever and by the and second time the chorus crazy. came around, the crowd was actually singing the chorus. So never heard the song, wow. but the second time, and because of that effect, and I'm the hard ice grilling dudes was actually singing our joint, we were like, yo, if it can hit them like that, let's try to get a record deal with this joint. Yes. Something, something's about this song. And so that's how it went down. And from that point on, I was officially like in the group and we, we went and tried to get this record deal. And but we only did one show before then.
3: Right, uh, hey fam, when they say hey fam, so you got the ladies What's in the it? comments tonight. They're gonna be here for you. <laughs> they're gonna be here for you. Definitely got you, an audience. Even you, you get some panty emojis thrown up in here too. <laughs> now, have you ever had that happen? You panties thrown to you on the stage and stuff.
1: Only, <laughs> only like people think you know that's, that happens a lot. You know, I, for me, I, it happened like twice. Like maybe it happened like twice. So. What what you only, only like twice. But well, I know a lot of artists that always get fanny stone at you know, we just never I you know, I guess because I don't know why. It just, you know, it happened overseas like Jamaica.
3: Right, and, right.
1: And uh, right. somewhere else we were like a midwestern state, some lady did it at a show and it got stuck to my shades, like the panties was hanging off my shades. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, so- <laughs> <laughs> I was we trying to get up. night. <laughs> because I, I sing a lot with my eyes closed, right? And I have my shades on, so people probably don't have my eyes closed. So I felt something hit my head, but it was soft, so I didn't think nothing of it. And I just had my eyes closed, just doing my thing. And when I opened my eyes, it was this thing hanging down. It wasn't touching my skin. It was just kind of over, just yeah. right And then I was like, what the hell? And I was trying to pick it, and I realized this, this, this is panties. I saw the little I- white cotton part. I like this <laughs> On so that,
0: was, wow. that was the only time. That was the only time. <laughs> That's so, perfect accuracy, though, they hit some shades. Like that you know, that got, me. got me. They got me. <laughs> so yeah, that, um that now
3: did, how, how, like when you 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 y'all Sean met at Howard. Y'all didn't know yes. each other before Howard. No,
1: Howard Howard Ice. Like Darnell mm-hmm. is my roommate freshman year when I was 17 before okay. thought about Howard. And then the other two guys were Alpha Phi Alpha members. All three of those dudes were Alphas together. And the group started based on being Alphas. So I came in because that big show I told you about, it was five of them, five right. Alphas about to do that show. But two of them right before the show, they kind of, I don't know, I think they chickened out and they quit. So it was only three mm-hmm. of them
4: left. I know they and I had, been, now. I had been,
1: me and Darnell had kind of like became friends again. After he pledged, we kind of like came out tight again. I started hanging out with him. So I would go to his rehearsals with his group at the time. And I was just in there without a job. And I still had housing. I was married, my dad had claimed me on his taxes, so my financial aid got revoked. So I didn't have classes at the time, but um, I had a temp job, but a big two weeks would go by, I wouldn't get a, get a job. So I was just hanging out with Darnell at the fine arts room. So I learned all the parts by osmosis. And when the dudes quit, he was like, yo, gee, we need a fourth member for this show. Yo, I know you know, the bass parts. So I was like, all right, I done picked up the bass. you right, you right. So I, that's how I ended up being in SHY, because I agreed to do that show with them when those two dudes quit. Wow, and that's how it's a guy that's not an alpha in a group that originally was supposed to be all alpha, five alpha members.
3: Oh, so they was originally supposed to all be alpha men. Yeah, oh. yeah.
1: Okay. And I just kind of yeah. happened to be at the right spe- space, space, the right time when they need that fourth member to do this show because they they went from five part harmony to just three, and you need you know you need at least yeah. three notes and then an octave right, right. You know, to have a sound like that. So, and I knew I did. I did kind of like learn all the bass parts just by being in there all, all every day for like four or five months. Practicing and um, so then you know, by the time we did that show, we were seasoned like we were just we had it so tight, you know. And right. I ended up staying in the group, and then we ended up trying to get a record deal after that. And from there, right. we actually got it, and I was in shock. right? You
3: know? Right? So, you, you a bass singer, right? So,
1: well, like, I think I can sing, but I don't consider myself a bass singer, but a oh, lot man, of times, I do the bass notes, right. But like the dude from the Temptations and stuff like that. that's a bass singer, like, right? And I was like, those are some did, of the,
3: like, the yeah. idols people you looked up to, and you were oh, hell yeah!
1: Them. I looked up to the, all those dudes from that era because oh. like, every <laughs> yeah. single one, like, we just did a show two nights ago in Pueblo, Colorado, and we had a lot of old school groups in there too, like, um, Sly Slick and Wicked, like the old mm-hmm. heads. And they, they give us props, first of all, which is always right. just like, dang, they're giving us props, you know, these dudes are our idols, and um, right. but um. He let us know that they appreciate what we did, but we told them we standing on their shoulders. You know, y'all are the giants we standing Mm -hmm. on. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that we learned that we supposed to be conscious of, like you need to have a base in your situation. We learned it from y'all's dynamics and stuff like that. We wouldn't have known that you're supposed to have that in the mix had it not been for us really digging what y'all did and stuff like that. So they appreciated that. But I do base, you know, I got a falsetto. I I, I do different little things. I got my own little little version. And on this acapella album that's coming out, Or off track you'll see all the different because i'm doing all the instruments so some of them i'm doing all the bass lines i'm doing trumpets i'm doing string lines i'm doing mm. kind of piano things with my voice and wow. then i'm singing a song on top of that doing falsettos so you'll hear like all of these different tenor baritone bass soprano yeah, yeah, different type of instruments with your
3: voice that's what
1: you're yeah doing yeah doing it's for. like a, i'm actually building Ooh. a real track it's gonna sound like it's a track but when you listen to it it's like it's me but it's right. gonna eat you to where you know you're gonna have a nice reverb on the snare and Oh, it's gonna sound like a full, like a drum, like it's gonna really sound like that. But I'm gonna be singing on top of that. But I'm making up these oh. tracks in my head, but they dope, they coming out dope. I'm, I'm really it's happy
0: not that. like it just envisioning oh. it now, like it's super it's
1: kind of like a real soul vibe, like a neo soul, it's kind of like you can ride to it, right. kind of like a vibe, kind of like a you know, like Solange album, how you can just ride to Solange album, it's got that tempo, yeah, Solange it's like,
3: got a nice smooth, like yeah, uh,
1: but it's real cleverly arranged, right. the, the writing is nice it ain't you know it's, it's just a cool feel you know what i mean like something like it's, it's in that vein it's my version but it's in those kind of badu-esque solange-esque
4: yeah.
1: maybe some other stuff music so childish-esque you know, little you know if you can mix all them and they yeah. can all have a baby it'll be probably what i'm about to put up but um, i so you just want to
3: know Monet. she was uh, are you going to be in brooklyn
1: yeah, <laughs> Brooklyn. I, I always love going to Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn is my man right now. Stay on Troop Street. You know, Quincy and Troop over there.
4: Really,
1: um, uh, Troop, Troop. <laughs> I always say Troop. <laughs> but yeah, right over there. You know, um, best Eye. Um, But I love Brooklyn and um, I love New York. Period. Like that's just a dope energy in New York. Yeah. I love 21 when I want to go buy some clothes. Like
3: that's my really? spot. But
1: um, yeah. yeah so I'm Queens, so
3: I'm up up here in New York. <laughs> yeah, Queens is dope
1: too. Queens, is tough. From <laughs> far tough. rockaway, all the way to Hollis. Queens got it on lock. Far, I love far, Queens.
3: Far, far rockaway, yeah, yep. far
1: rockaway. <laughs> so you There's know the Queens. Queens, Ridge. Queens, come on, the legends come out of Queens, and you can't front. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: you for sure. Yeah, the back in them days, too. A lot of um basketball players came out from Queens too.
1: Yep. So you know Ron Artest, one of my, my favorite ones, you know,
3: what I'm saying. Oh, Ron, Ron Artest! I
1: went to school with him at St. John's. Yeah. Well, Artest is the is the man. Uh, you know, uh, the yeah, I mean, going crazy, but I love that dude, man. Yeah.
3: So this um this this album you are working on is just a solo project.
1: It's a solo project. yep.
3: Okay. So but it's I mean, you was know,
1: ordained by the you know the group. They you know since okay. certain fans finally wanted me to do something like that, and and the group was like, yeah, you know, and they're gonna some of them gonna appear on some of the songs. Darnell's gonna be on a couple of. My joints okay. and stuff like that. So it's like it's with their blessing and stuff. <laughs> you know, right, I'm not right, breaking over right. shy and like that. I'm just doing a project. It's, I'm only doing this one too. Right. It's, I just want to my bucket list. I just want to do an album one time to see what you know and so right, maybe, right, I'm gonna knock right. it out. But D so is- and myself and Garnella also doing an album, a D and G project, just the two of us. And this, oh really? This, oh, and it's different. It's gonna have some of the harmonic elements, but it's gonna be more free, like like some Sly and the Family Stone meets like. Ooh. Uh, meets the roots. <laughs> I can't even. It, it, it's it's a funky, soulful, deep soulful sound, but it's got like elements of hip hop, like that that Sly and the Family Stone Parliament kind of sound. But then also, because the Parliament Funkadelics used to be the Parliament's before they became Funkadelics, they were singing right, harmony, right, right,
0: right. So right. it's got
1: a lot of they got a lot of like real understanding of chords and stuff, but it's camouflaged by that funk. But right, we right. got like hip hop, funk, jazz. It's like a like if you can pitch a Fela mixed with some Pete Rock, mixed with some, I can't I can't even explain, but it's fly Ray. with some Roy Ayers. If wow. you can put all them together, you're gonna get what kind of me and D. So is it days. just y'all um doing like all the productions and everything, or do you
3: have outsiders like
1: well outside for of- that album for the DNG project, we are doing probably um a few things to get a baseline, but there's some other cast that we know that's crazy talented that's in our circle that you know we probably do something um with some of those beats too. And stuff like that. Um, I got I got some people you know in my circumference that are just super talented, like producers, man. Just along the right. way, you know how you just meet people along the way organically and find out that they're just incredibly talented <laughs> and right, like you know right, they're just right, good people yeah. on top of that. So y'all click as people, but then by the way, let's do a project. You know, I got a lot of that popping that I never kind of overused it or nothing like that. So it's right. still, uh, I'll use it for this. Like okay, well yo, let's get busy. You know, got so. You so-, know. so-
3: Now, Chad, you got some new members,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, but they really old heads in the industry, even though they knew the industry. And so, one of them, Dwayne, you know, um, he comes from the group Riff. If you looked at the movie Lean On Me in the bathroom, he's one of the dudes in that singing from the group Riff. And um, he ended up after Riff Star started to diminish a little bit, like three of those guys went to a group called Men of Vision, you know. Let me be mm-hmm. your housekeeper, baby. Yes,
3: yeah, Men of Vision.
1: Men of Vision. So, Dwayne ended up going to Men of Vision, right? So, in Men of Vision is another dude named G Fly. So, Dwayne ended up being over there with his brother Chill and Mike Best from Riff. They were all over there. And so, at a certain point, you know, when they started to dim a little bit, Dwayne and G Fly, because, you know, we we needed two more members. and But, Darn Dwayne was part of Riff with Dad. Darnell's dad used to manage Riff and was also the school social worker. um, And Joe Clark, you know, Eastside School, they all went to Eastside. And so we knew them since we were young boys, you know, Darnell, that was his his friends growing up. They happened to end up being a group riff. So anyway, when we get signed and all that later on, Dwayne and G-Fly end up coming to Shy. And they've been rocking with us for like 12, I guess, 13 years. We've been doing shows with that group, that combination. Wow, and so, so yeah. it's
3: basically, uh, two groups just combined together.
1: Pretty much, and the crazy part wow. about it, the symmetry, like Darnell and myself, that's Darnell and Garfield, which is a D and G, and then those cats come over is Dwayne and, and G Fly, and so it's two Gs and wow. two Ds, like it's like a two sets of t- D and G. <laughs> got wow. it. It's a cool chemistry, you know what I'm saying? We got the, you know, we. We got a cool little look, you know, got a cool little sound still with it. And,
3: I, I see you was in Colorado, uh, you did a performance, so that was all of y'all together.
1: Yeah, for sure. Right. It's always all four of us. We always do four That's right.
3: Okay, right. That's yeah. how we go. So yeah. Happy said birthday, too. Everybody is. I told you about happy birthday the other day, but he's a Libra. Happy birthday. <laughs> Libra nation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm September Libra. So. That's what's
1: up. My mom's birthday, my sister's birthday was a couple of days ago, too. My mom was 16 my little sister is 11 so it's just all these Libras. Really? All wow
3: okay so now i you know with something that caught my attention um i was um reading on you and you when you was working on school on your phd um you was working on a project and it was basically like um describing the poly- the politics and hip-hop
1: Oh, yo. Yeah. It wasn't a project. It was a, it was a class called the politics of hip hop.
4: And I was
1: at at Cal state Northridge. I helped kind of like refine a curriculum that, um, the African-American studies department chair, um, Dr. Karen Stanford, she had developed, she's a political science person, but she wanted to create a class that was more engaging in the name of political science. And she knew I, even though I was coming back to school as a student, still in undergrad setting, I was from the industry. So she trusted me to kind of like inform a little bit of what could be, engagement base, you know, to help me, because she wasn't necessarily a hip hop woman, but she right, even knew right. it for it. And I was a hip, even though I'm in R&B, I love, you know, I came up, the golden era of R&B is also right to parallel with the golden era of hip hop, right? They yeah. side by side. Yeah. But we, we grew true. up as hip hop heads, even no matter what music, you know, it was hip hop. Yeah. So I was able to help, and I was a political science major. So with all of that combination, I was help, able to help her design the course. And then she also let me team teach the course um, while I was in undergrad, it was crazy. Um, but I helped teach, teach that. And what it is, um, it's called politics of hip hop. It used right. it discussed the power dynamics in political science using the hip-hop landscape. Like, let me give right. you an example. Like in, in political science or po- in politics, you have groups that give money called political action committees, PACs. Yeah. And like they represent certain interests, like the Israel PAC is probably one of the strongest ones called APAC. When they yeah. drop money into a contestant, it's gonna give them money enough to have the resources to put out messages to win, but they're gonna want something in return from that policy-wise. Absolutely. And it's gonna guarantee they're gonna get that. Well, the music, that's payola. That's like Puffy or somebody or somebody from an industry perspective that's a head needing um, their artists to get spins, which impacts their billboard position and all that. So if I give you a certain amount of money, I need you to spend my record. I don't, you don't know how to like it. You're getting this money to spend my joint. And it's gonna make my artist, not only my artist that's out now and get a certain chart position, but it's going to ingratiate the billboard scenario um, in terms of like other artists that are on my label that are coming through, they're going to be seen favorably because that one was hot. Now I got another one, like, so it's going to set up. So it's worth that money, but it's basically moving on money as opposed to early on phone calls or even somebody telling them to put that on the playlist, like some consulting firm. It was based on the program director having a relationship with that artist, same way that that political action committee has a relationship with that candidate. And so they work the same way because at the end of the day both of them got their interest represented with money right and so right. when you put it like that in a class format when young heads can come in it's already hip-hop heads and they can see that it's game and they can see how it looks like something they love like hip-hop and it's the same power game dynamic it's just in the political arena they're more engaged now because they're relating they to that yeah. now they're really exactly. interested Okay, yeah. see what else happens like and they see themselves into some kind of way you just jump that so i then wrote an article about it with her and it got put into the um International Journal of Africana Studies, a research journal. That was my first published piece. It was a co-written piece with her on that class in terms of how we constructed it, what the objectives were, and so forth. And so, yeah, that's what that was. The politics. Like, of that was
3: hot when I was reading. It, I was like, wow, you know. It
1: also sprung board me to my master's because not only did we create a journal, um, we went to present our hip hop. Um, articles at conferences, educational conferences, because during that time, around the time Pac had died and all that, hip-hop was a sexy right, right. thing in the academic world. Um, right, so right, we got to right. present our work at conferences, and they liked the way I presented at Georgia State and offered me a fellowship to get a master's degree there right. um, in Africana Studies, Black, Black Studies, which I got the fellowship, and I did my, my master's thesis on what actually is African-centered education. And um, right. I got uh, the ASA or Award for the for the best, you know, um, natural thesis of that. And then I end up going to get my, my doctorate on um, 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 the, how black males navigate inequitable power spaces. I looked at mm. the classroom, black male bodies in classrooms, how they navigate that power right. dynamic. And I looked at black male bodies in the music industry. And really, that's just two sides of myself, basically.
4: Right. But, basically, um, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But, but I, yeah, I did that. And I got an award for that. You know, with the liberal arts, I got the best dissertation, the best scholar I
3: mean, you just staying busy. And you took your, like, I mean, you just, you paused, but you went back for your education with a vengeance. You was like, I'm doing Yeah, this. you know, because I just want yeah. to prove that to
1: myself. One, I just wanted to finish something strong yeah. like that. And yeah. I wanted to perform. I just wanted to test myself and see what was the highest level I could, my mind, I wanted to, I wanted to check myself. I thought I was intellectually, you know, a, a high capacity, and I've always functioned that way, but I just kind of right. wanted to see if I could jump in that arena and prove something to myself more than any status that could come with it. Or it was really kind of for me and my family, like, you know, and then for me to also have a good understanding dynamics wise, because the books and the readings were very telling in terms of what they pointed your face at research wise. Right. And a lot of black males aren't privy to those spaces. So the gentrification that people see in a neoliberal agenda and all those dynamics, the school to prison pipeline, I was up to the up to date, up to the minute, real, real politic version of what that really was and what was going on. Right. So I learned a lot about what was actually happening in society today. And you talk about Brooklyn gentrification. I think East Brooklyn is probably the only place left that still kind of looked like New York. Like yeah. you know, you know, over there in Brownsville, maybe yeah, still are, look like Brownsville. Yeah, but if you go just, to Edgemere, yeah. or if you go to anywhere, and you know, because the Barclays is there and all that stuff. Now all that stuff yeah. that used to be Brooklyn. You know, Franklin Avenue, probably all that. It ain't, it ain't like it was. You know? yeah,
4: it's not the
1: same. So it's, it's like you know, and I see how and why and what the game is and what you know. So it's right. a lot to that. And um, I'm, right. you know, I, I do programs also. I do a lot of different things, initiatives, but they're really non-traditional. I always come in in a real weird way, doing some stuff that really counts. You know, um, just, that
3: is so hot. So we got uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie Love. Can you bring that down? Uh, uh, of course, Jackie, little Coco in the background. Sorry, y'all, Jackie. Love, um, um, she's the one, um, from WBLS with you. I'm sorry about Coco. <laughs>
1: <Style> <laughs> me, love. You <laughs> know what I mean? Put some flower, me, I'll be happy. Yeah, hey,
3: Jackie you says <laughs> say she'd be happy. She said she'd hey. love to style you and everything. Have you in a magazine article with you? And hey,
1: check me. it right. I got a request if she ever gets to style me, like, of course, she can, whatever her her preferences and what she sees on my whatever my swag is if she can match it up with something fly you know <laughs> but I always wanted to rock some um, fly moshu that shop, it was a shop shopping I think Brooklyn called Moshu he was an African dude but he had some fly pieces um and I, I I don't know what happened to the store if he's still around but I used to love that guy. Really? You know? well, yeah, moshu, hate- it was an African brand but the stuff was dope.
3: Yeah. Cause she's a fashion icon she just got an award yeah. Word. Hey, you tell know, her I'm her Jacqueline.
1: Look, I'm with it. Exactly.
3: <laughs> He's ready for you to style him, Jackie. Yes, Here's let's the do thing. this. I
1: love that kind of stuff.
3: <laughs> she said, yes, I'll get with him. So right. I have okay. So we we talking about the politics of hip hops. And I, you know, I want to get your out your um your perspective on the music industry back then when you was in it. You right. know, you in it, but when you started, I'm sorry, when you started. Okay, to now. Like, what is the transition like? Because back then y'all had the record labels backing you out, prefer backing you up all the way, you know, as far as the image, as far as, you know, the marketing and everything. And now here you are like 30 years later, basically, in a whole new world of streaming and a whole new world of the internet. Like, what is that transition like for y'all?
1: Yeah, that's a hell of a transition because it's it's a paradigm shift. It ain't even a transition. It's a whole (laughs) modality difference. Like, you know, it's the difference between... The flintstones with they feet on the ground with a car and the tires <laughs> happening like it's a whole different <laughs> and but yeah. it's, it's it's doper and worse in, in at the same time um, mm-hmm. because everything was long handed the the, the the aspects of the industry you know usually it was surprising because MCA like your manager literally had to go into the MCA building and connect the art department with the such and such department right but you would think internally they was but you had to really do that because but because you had to kind of go in like hand make them do what they was learn all the aspects of the industry the real hard body parts of it you learned it because you had to do a long hand and you understood right. the politic of it underneath the level the machine part of it um which was important but you were still being pimp don't get it twisted because you're under contract yeah, and so you, yeah. had to find a, you had to find a middle of the road where you can sleep at night and save your sanity because you don't feel like you're just totally losing your soul but at the same time you start learning that he who cuts the check and really controls this and your, your artistry in your mind is really just a product making machine in their mind. So wherever that gray area is, you got to figure that out. And so is that was different. You it was hard to control and own yourself and get creative control over mm-hmm. your stuff because the right. engine that was always slower than the people who, with the street, even though, because they had the most money in the, in the, in the game, even though they were slower to adapt to trends and stuff that you were seeing in real time, you couldn't trump them. Really, um if right, they were they right, was doing right. all the distribution in the market because they was putting them and so that was hard. So the rise of the independent labels came up because of that. The La Faces of the World, like Jermaine with right. okay. the world that can respond cricket to what the street trends, blah, blah blah blah. So, but then those same people, like a Jermaine Dupree, is that guy now that's a dope artist that has found a way, like like Chance the Rapper and JD is like really the same kind of guy, except yeah. that Chance the Rapper was born later on and understood how to pimp the internet. To get really exposed, or even Drake for that matter, with Degrassi and all that kind of stuff coming from the internet world. Right, right. Like that was a stepping stone for him, you know, and it was easier for him to get mass appeal through being dope in those spaces. Um, Jermaine Dupree, if he was born later on, he would have been one of those guys, is what I'm saying. Or if one of those guys was born earlier, they would have been like a Jermaine Dupree because they they had an extra understanding earlier on, type of thing. Right. And so the difference is the reach, you can go directly to the people now. You don't need a middleman. You don't really need distribution with all the platforms The right. thing yep. is the streaming game is about to have gatekeepers in such a way to where they're gonna pretty much buy people's content out and flip it in a way to where they're able to charge things and create a different type of ownership where it's exclusive and different layers of it to where they're making way more money off people's products than the people used to be able to make off of it even in these times so be wary of deals that you do with streaming agencies because In a minute, they're going to be able to really, really, really create it to where they can lock people out and just create a a lot of revenue far more than you could have dreamed of for your product. If you could have just hung tight and just kept your stuff, Mm -hmm. stuff. yeah. So just, just you know, hold on, you know, before you you know, try not to get the quick fix right now. But, um, yeah, the difference is the ownership aspect now is more strong and viable, and you don't have to even be famous to have a nice bank account if you get a little following. And that's yeah. cool enough for me. Yeah. If I was an artist, I wouldn't care about being famous. If I could feed my family, get a steady stream of income, and create a kind of a cult little following who appreciated my stuff mm-hmm. that was consistent, yo, that's nothing's messing with that. Like, mm-hmm. real. So, it's what yours too. Like, it's yours. You know what I'm saying? Right. So.
3: Exactly. So now you now it's based. So now you're in the era before it was like the fans based on like you know getting the fans for marketing. And so now it's like getting the fans and stuff from like the in, like Instagram and everything,
1: which you is know? still marketing, which is still branding. Still it's marketing. like it's a higher level marketing. Yeah. Actually, they branding like immediately. It's all about branding. Right. they so brand aware early and young. Like they know about brand. They like, they the youngins now branding wise, they dope at branding. They got that on lock. Like they sure. get it. So the thing is now is just to make sure that the sustainability aspects of the music right. and the creativity is, is <laughs> stuff is put into that just as much as. The psychology around making sure they base is covered. Right. With them. but they got the game with the branding like they're they killing that they know what they know how to market themselves whether it's creating a a a, a tension between somebody else that's going to catapult you know whatever it is they, they know how to push buttons and they got right. that they get it you know so right. they're using that and accompanying that understanding with some dope music that's what I'm talking yeah. about and uh, um, said that a long time ago,
3: he said that it was going to come to a point where number one, the internet was going to be taking over the music industry, um, and, and to own your masters,
1: own it's, them joints. Anita Baker just got them. hers back. I'm so happy for her, yeah, you know, I really to make money off that catalog in a crazy kind of way, like because yeah. everybody loves Anita, and that's those are classic, 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 classic. so. Absolutely. Those are going to get spun, 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 and she's going to reap all of that, and I love it, man. Like so, that's what time it is, you know. It, um, the guys now don't have to go through thirty years and wait that, till some contract is over with. They'll uh, have mass appeal and reap their own benefits, and then right. there's even other spaces like the NFT world that even more so as artists, you can own your property, and no matter how many hands it exchanges, it comes right back to you at all time. Like, you know, that kind of those kinds of spaces are proliferating the market now, and it's like it's yeah. getting kind of artist friendly. And um, you know, you
3: do everything on the more internet. Jesus.
1: But there's a lot of creativity underground too, and there's a lot of like like no name type of people that people point to out to me on the internet mm-hmm. that are just kind of just artists that are just out there making music, putting and there's some incredible stuff out there like that I vibe to. Like, yo, who is this? I mean, it's just some fly like like artists out there. But because no. everybody can be online, it's saturated. Yeah. But there's some people who kind of have to have that because the mainstream there's some, I guess people think suspect, whatever, whatever. But if people really look for dope artistry and they want to really have some good music and they want to call name brands and people that are out there, they just want to hear some dope sounds, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that on all these sound clouds, on all these different platforms. There's some people making some bomb music.
3: There is, but uh, in your opinion, though, with the hip-hop and the way hip-hop's changed from back, and I'm going to say our days, the 90s, the early 90s. You know what I'm saying? Now. It's like, it's a big shift and change. And now it's like to me, especially with the rappers and stuff, they are all like sounding alike. And I don't know if it, it, it maybe you thinking like this, but sometimes I can't tell a rapper from a singer. You understand? Well, what yeah, I'm you know,
1: like this the genres have like, the genres, right. but that's you know, that's evolution, you know, thesis, antithesis, create synthesis. And so, okay. both of you think. Especially if something is coming from the same soulful place, the same soulful expressive place of of a melanated person, whether it's hip hop or R&B, it's that same soul quality put into it. So at some point when somebody got both of them inside of them, and you've been influenced by both of those elements, you consume that your life. At some point it's going to be a time when the marriage of that is going to look like it looks now. Where back in the day, the marriage of it would be like, you know, like shy. With Jay-Z rapping. And that would right, be the mixture right. of hip hop and R&B. But now you got to you know Lil Wayne singing How to Love had the dopest yeah. RB song on the planet. But he was Lil Wayne. But that song was mm. the dopest shit I done heard in a minute. Like when it came out. Yeah,
2: like,
1: it so like, you know, like so, like, you know what I mean? You know, Chris Brown got got, got, got skills. So storming him and Buster Rhymes and, and and um somebody else, um maybe Lil Wayne. Wayne? Like, yeah, you know, it like but it, I believed it, like. Chris Brown got spit, but he, he, it's that's in him to do. He, even right, though right. he's a singer, he's not an either or. He's a kind of a both in. And Drake with the melodies, Drake ain't blowing like Luther, but Drake can hold a note and he understand music enough to make good songs doing that yeah, same thing. But he killing it to me. Like I can't yeah. be mad at Drake. Like the hell. Yeah. Like and so he making hits all these years. Yeah. What can you say? You know what I'm saying? People yeah. love Drake. He's dope. So, yeah. but I'm just saying it's just a place where people are embodying both of those because they grew up with it so much and right and then now they can make music themselves by doing doing pro tools and uploading it to platforms right from their computer and get that mainstream so more people are trying their hands at different things that used to be just for the professionals um right. and but well, people are people are able to kind of create you know things that are catchy yeah. even if you don't right. like it it's catchy so it's something in it that's magic that they're able to produce so it's a, it's a skill and talent in there but the expression i think the paradigm went from like when people think about the slang, this is how I look at the barometer of where people are. Like people used to, back in the day, um, the thing was more like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like yeah. an understanding. You understand me? You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? That's, have you thought about, that's a more intellectual kind of like thought process. I, I need to know that you have processed me and understood me. But now it moved to, I don't give a fuck, if, excuse my language, I don't, I don't care if you understand me. Oh, yeah. like, I want to know, do you feel me? So the slang right. on you know you know what I'm saying to feel me. You don't even gotta know what I'm saying, but you can't. You just feel that where it's coming right, from is right. a right. real place. And so yeah. that is a, a closer to me barometer, almost on some ESP. The words don't mean as much as is the feeling part. And I think that's what Crump dancing came from. Instead of break break dancing was technical mm-hmm. skills, popping right. and waving and angles, and Crump was just expressive. Like this is what's in me. I'm gonna wear it on my body. And it, if if I feel it dopely, if I feel it enough, you're going to catch the feel behind it of what I'm doing. And I can't really pinpoint what the skills are, but I I, I feel that. I get that. Right, right, and so it moved right. to that paradigm. And then it, when it bled into people, rappers, with that feeling behind them, that you feel me paradigm, the mumble rap stuff came out of it. Because yeah. you know, the words I mean don't really, is the words. You just feel my flow. You know what I'm it's saying? Flow, and I'm buddy. saying something, just know that. But it's more about like, yo, can you feel my swag, my drip? through how I'm saying it is, is important. I need to let you oh, see yeah. the style, the drip is what it is. like, And that's almost lyrical, but but I'm doing lyrics with it because it's the, the form Me and it's rap, but I'm really showing you that I can express self with your own me words, man, my juice is so ill, just fill me. And so people not really getting that because they stuck in the other paradigm of you understand me-ness. Right. And they're not getting okay. the it. The same way yeah. English teachers used to be mad at text messages because they was breaking sentences down and words down and thinking right. they were using English, yeah. but what the teachers were not taking into consideration. The English ladies, the English people was the fact that these characters used to cost money per letter. And so is actually in that paradigm, brilliant to be able to abbreviate and still get the meaning across because you ain't got to pay as much money to get that message in this few words. So all I right. think all of that got to do with each other as a paradigm shifts and humans start wanting people to feel the expression. You don't even got to understand me no more. I don't care about that.
4: Right, Do you, right. me? Do
1: you feel me? Because I'm human. If you can feel me, we can cut to the chase. And I right. think those dudes, i am they're not probably not conscious of what, what I'm saying in that term, but mm-hmm. I think that's what's actually being expressed on the streets. And a lot of people are just like looking at it as bad, but I think it's an evolutionary, kind of more like a revolutionary movement to just being more authentic in your space. Now, it's twisted up right now because people dying. There's a lot to it, but I think people are just screaming for authenticity in this world of fake shit. Exactly. And I think it's, I think it's just coming weird. out like Right. the mumble rap, all those kinds of things. People just just get to the essence of this black. I'm just gonna give you pure blackness, and right. you might not know nothing I'm saying. Just like when people listen to patois and reggae songs,
4: mm-hmm. they
1: love Shaba and all the people they used to listen to Mad and all that. You know, and' be chilling, and you know, um, and they don't know what they saying. But the juice is so ill, and how they flip right. it and uh, you just in it. You don't care. You don't know. It's the same exactly. thing. Yeah, it's the it's same, same thing. But people don't want to let it be the same thing in their mind. But it's the same place. And I get it, you know what I mean. So that's why I'm this a new school rappers, and because right. I see the movement, and I see where it's coming see from. Where it's coming from. And it's a real place. It's really coming from. It's like just like how people want to call Ebonics some kind of wild expression of English, but it actually has go- is governed by language rules, right, same right. syntactical rules that Spanish is governed by, pretty much the same mm-hmm. subject predicate placement and the verb to be. How it represents, you know, what happens over a long period. It's like semantical structure to that. It ain't just some right. willy nillyness. And so right. it's the same thing that's happening here. It's a own it's it's an ownership piece, but it's just coming out so raw. It's offending people with everything that came through our culture that was raw, like bop back in the jazz days. It's an expressive. It's the same thing. Bop is the same thing as what we're hearing now, but it was just the music of jazz was considered a higher class genre, so they didn't ever right. look at at that time was like gutter to a lot of people. Oh, what's that garbage you're playing that? But they want the smooth. So yeah. it was more, the dude that was bop musicians back then would have been Wu-Tang Clan right now. Right. Wu-Tang right. was born back in them days, they would have been the bop, the bebop type musician. Right. It's the right. same feeling, you know, the phrasing, Buster Rhymes, the bop musicians, it's the same. it's the, They just, okay. one got a horn and one got his mouth and it's hip hop time. It's the same right. feeling. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's a need to express some inner, inner, inner shit.
4: Inner shit, right. Know. You just gotta
1: let that come into existence, and finally, it'll grow legs, and then it'll get to intellectualization of that inner shit. But the right. inner shit gotta come out raw first,
5: ugly, right.
1: <laughs> and then for real, I'm, I'm I'm so serious, and then it's gonna I grow more refined and beautiful, but keeping the essence though.
3: Right. So we got people up in the comments. We got people who call in. Now we got somebody who's just been a fan of yours. Uh, one of the young, uh, one of youngsters, been a fan of yours for like ever. Matter of fact. What no? When I say, it's just my nephew. Okay, what? they thought they were shy when you first came out. Oh. They, used to, I, 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 they used to sit on the step, my step, every night singing "If I Ever."
1: That's so dope. You know,
3: now, now, listen, <laughs> the you know the neighbors wasn't nice because they didn't sound like shy, but they did the same. So my nephew, he called in and he just wanted. Just say hi to you and say thank you.
1: He's oh right hey, that's a blessing. I I appreciate that thank love. You. And um thank you for you know taking the extra step to even reach out to express that. I free and I'm glad that y'all was rocking the joints, man. That that, that does my yeah. heart some good.
4: Listen,
1: for sure. So thank listen, you. Yo, Garfield man, listen man, that that, that song right like there plagued
4: my life for the last twenty nine, twenty-eight years, man. Wow, veteran you
1: about that song right there, man. That is the one, the only rb song that I know every word entirely today. Wow. Huh? Big ups, my man. Yeah. I appreciate that, fam. Powerful. I'm talking about, We was young. We was young.
4: We was young. <laughs> we was always trying to go to the
1: Apollo. trying to go to the, to go to the time, you yes. <laughs> I love it man. word up. I love that. <laughs> another thing i'm 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 in the pins right
4: now right
1: me, like, when i got it you know you start giving us all cabinets and and, and and those things, things right right yeah what, what one of the first songs i got was if i ever fall in love wow man timely man that song go for me man yo i'm so honored bro that, that you got an attachment <laughs> to that and a song that i helped create is a part of your, your your world like that, man. I I, I appreciate that. I, I can never hear that enough. or get used to that. That's just incredible. Cause I got songs that do that for me. You know what I mean? And to think that I am part of something, you know, it's just crazy. It's, it's kind of surreal. So when, when she when she told me, uh, yo, you want to be on and all, I'm like, oh, I gotta call in. I got I gotta call in. To y'all legendary. I gotta give I gotta give all y'all flowers. Give all y'all
4: roses while y'all here, man. A lot of people
1: don't try to do that. I'm coming to do that. I got I I tip my hat to y'all, dude. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you, man, for sure. I really do. Whoa, whoa. I, and now, now that we got that
4: out of the way, I want to audition. I want to be in the group. <laughs> he's a friend. He's a friend. I know
1: he's a in the, he's a
4: he's
1: a he's a the group. He's <laughs> my friend. guy, man. That's my guy. <laughs> Yo, you a cold one, bro. You a cold one over there, bro. We're going to have to set you up so you can negotiate you some know. deals, man. You got a, you got a cold mouthpiece over there. <laughs> uh listen, listen, but right here, right now, I'm gonna get off this phone
3: and let y'all finish the interview. But I'm doing the first verse. I'm doing the first verse. I gotta go ahead. Go ahead. Verse. Be nice, everybody. Be nice. That's yo, all yo, I gotta yo, say. Hi, y'all with me?
4: Yes, sir. all right yo, yo, listen. Feel, feel free. I'm, I'm gonna start it off. Feel free to hit the dude that do down the do after I start. Hi. <laughs> <All right>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hold on, hold on. Let, me my, let me clear my throat. I just have my tea, my honey. Hold on. You, you had your stuff? All right, all right.
3: Mm-hmm. I just have my tea, my honey. Hold on. Be, 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 be. All right. Hold on, all right, hold on. All right. Here we go. The very first time. Nice, said hello. hello. Said hi. I knew right
2: then you
4: were the one. But I was caught up uh-uh. in the attraction. But to my satisfaction, uh-uh. maybe you were more than just a friend. <laughs> if I had ever. Again. Again. I will be sure so that you are <laughs> Yeah dogs. <laughs> yo, I just
2: sung the world with you for the I, I, I just sung a song with for, for the world with you, man. I said, I'm honored,
1: brother. I'm yo, honored. Man. Good work. Good work, my brother.
2: Well, bro, bro. I mean, we, we just made history. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what's up. Yo, yo listen. Listen, I'm gonna let y'all finish the interview,
2: but tell y'all gotta put me in the group now. Bro. Shut up, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Stop, Molly. Stop. And, stop. If, we
1: ever, if we ever come somewhere where he is, when he get when he get out from up north, we gonna we got to put him on stage or something. <laughs> whatever city, whatever city, he is, we got to bring him to the top. We got to bring him up. <laughs> Yo, listen, it's an honor. It's an honor, my brother, man. You stay good. I, I hear you talking. You, everything you say makes sense, man. You, you're blessed,
4: man. Tell, tell, Thank you, bro. Tell, tell, tell,
1: Tell the fellas I
4: said
1: hello, and I'm yes, coming really <laughs> yeah. <of tour. laughs> yeah, no doubt, my brother. Well, you stay up, man. Stay strong and everything, man. For sure. see, this big church man. Who they want
4: podcast. Shout out to legendary r and They doing their thing. Now I love
3: all
1: y'all, man. Love, peace, and prosperity, all right? Absolutely. with you, my my, my guy.
3: <laughs> thank yeah, you so you much that, Garfield. he was really a true dialogue fan and actually um just to pull you in this is one of our segments that we have called inside voices um uh-huh. uh, we actually have um you know inmates that get to call up and tell their stories and stuff okay. Okay. You, know, you know tell their stories about you know what they're going through just something to give back to the community and stuff and, right. you know He's either actually one of them who called him. When he when I told him, you know, I was interviewing you. He said, "Oh, I gotta call and say hi to him." But thank you, know, you so energy, much. The
4: energy
1: was bomb. The energy thank was bomb. You so
3: much. I really appreciate that. Thank you oh, so no, much. That was my
1: pleasure. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that means <laughs> a lot to me to know the brother. Like that's helping him get the you know, That's just yes, uh, yo, yes. On, thank I you, I so you so much.
3: So I want to get into this book. Like, can we talk about this book? Yeah. Because I mean, like you're just doing it all, and it's just like. So amazing. Like, just tell us what this book is about. You know, I know what it's, uh, you know, I read a little, not the book, but I read what it was about, but just let the audience know um, the name of it and tell them what it's about and what you've been working on.
1: Okay. Well, the name of the book is called Lotus 3013. It takes place in the year 3013. And before I get into the premise of it, if you can just visualize um, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, Star Wars, and Beach Street if you can go back to Beach Street. You know, oh the if you can mix those together, that's what this book kind of feels like. Um, all those There's elements of all of that in that book. And in the year 2013, hip-hop is believed to be created, you know, be a, be a white cultural production. There's no trace of it being created by black folks in 2013. And the, there's this thing that's resurfaced called neo-hip-hop, where scientists have studied, you know, the X-factor, and try to isolate the X-factor that makes hip-hop magnetic so they can take that and isolate it and build like societal structures with that that drip, like um architecture and things like that, transfer to other modes to attract more, you know, more business and stuff, cause there's something magnetic about the quality of the creativity. So they've learned to isolate that creative. And, but what they're really getting it from is the prison class that they've created. They created a prison class full of people who used to identify as hip hoppers. And, you know, they basically studied their brainwave matrix for the different things on how they think and the are they trying to get that X factor and they juice the, the geodetic grid of the earth with their their energy to keep these structures sustainable. It has to be authentic hip hop energy. Anyway, it's a forces of good and a force of evil type of thing. There's a battle. And at the end, there's a surprise ending, but it, it, this peanut class, <laughs> class ends up running things, but with a different paradigm. Um, and there's a, a young guy named Elijah Wallace. There's a school in there mm-hmm. called Hip Hop U, but the main name is called Russell Simmons Institute of Cultural Technology. And it's an okay. underground hip hop school where a lot of these people, who have been shown with for the hip hop association get to express that, learn about it, but also learn about chi consciousness. Um, and so it's a, it's a lot of stuff along with it that allows them to be telepathic and telekinetic using wow. hip hop They only speak in 8, 12, 24, 32 um, um, bar rhyme increments, they can take any concept and I mean, they speak telepathically and only in rhyme increment because it has been discovered one that voice, not DNA or fingerprints, is the truest, most accurate quality of a human individual. The resonance of a person's vocal quality is the most authentic. And then two um, um, things that are put into your brain through cadence, just like your ABCs that got got put to a rhythm and a melody, and that's how you end up learning real quick. Well, it was proven that the most economic expression of thoughts is through rhythmic cadence because people can retrieve it easier because the way it goes in is through packets of rhythm. And and, and if you can condense concepts into the, the small bandwidth, of twelve twenty-four bar verses, and not lose any um any any meat in translation, then you've done your job. And in my book is called Phrase Physics and Word Economy. Those are the things that get mastered in hip hop. You and they, you know it's just a lot of things that they do. There's a lot of stuff. It's these battles that go along, go on, and how to preserve. There's this thing called the Hall of Masters that's offset in the fourth dimensional brain world that actually is the last bastion of proof that hip hop is black and Latino, and it holds all the rec- master recordings, all the interviews on MTV, all the records all the paraphernalia that of, of thousands of years ago when hip hop was coming out of the Bronx, um, you know, black, you know, um right, black right. Latino. It shows the proof of that. But it's offset in the fourth dimension and protected by these people called the netics that protect hip hop. Um and I'm trying to they, they make sure that the prisoners understand where hip hop came from. And so the Cotillians, this is the antagonist. They are always trying to get to that fourth dimensional brain world to destroy the last bastion of proof that hip hop was black. So they can keep their narrative going and keep everybody trapped in a perpetual present, not being able to connect to the history so they can find out the truth about where the creativity and stuff was coming from. But it's it's a lot to it, man. But it's going to be I mean, dope. It, it just sounds,
3: like so and Jackie want to know where we can get this from. That's
1: what she's saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, i'm gonna sell it straight off of my um my ig platform because i finally got you know i, I got 11k now I, you know i'm late to the thing but i've got enough now where i can monetize you know you can sell stuff from right, so right. my book from that straight to the people who i know want to buy it like my fans i'm not going to amazon and letting and splitting everything all right. and all.
3: i'm gonna go straight
1: life. to the people who want to buy it boom i'm gonna sell the audiobook which my sons who are grammy nominated for stuff they did with like post malone and fergie or whatever they did the score to my audiobook and it's incredible. Like underneath one of my narration, they got the, the actual scenes, like you know, like in a movie, the music underneath scenes, and that's happening. So I'm selling the audiobook and the ebook um mm-hmm. with the artwork, that whole thing for $20. And so wow. um it'll okay. be it'll be ready. Yeah, I'm getting it, I'm getting the marketing materials ready now. I got this huge file of each chapter that I gotta get condensed down so I can create a link, a zip file, to where to make it easier when people pay for it i could just give them that link and, and, and they, they can download stuff real you know so i'm just trying to get all that logistical stuff it ready. sounds
3: like you are so up that is dope it sounds like you're so up to times because a lot of people like a lot of people because you know me i'm I, me and you we come from the same the it's the same era you understand what i'm saying and it was like it was a big huge like transition for us. You know Word. there. I mean you're saying stuff that I, I'm like technically I'm like wow I'm like you're doing no, wrong. No, this don't here? don't
1: get it twisted in a book. I ain't gonna take <laughs> no crazy credit for being no tech savvy dude. I, you know what it is? It's like I own like okay I own like a four or five lemons in a row like car wise when I was living in LA I used to get cars from the auction and uh-huh. I got some dope ones but then they end up being lemons and in and, and I came from a place of not knowing how to fix a car. So because of what was happening to my different vehicles, learning how to fix them little different things along the way, I ended up becoming kind of dope at like fixing certain shit that I didn't have any. Same with with this. I got into this grad program and bought this Mac computer. And it opened me up in terms of the stuff I need to be able to do on it in terms of all the different technical things it could do. I had to learn all of that. But after I learned it, it opened me up to being able to kind of be a little bit more cable ready for other things that my nice. old school self didn't realize I was able. Now I look at it and I hear myself talking. It's like, dang!
2: I can't yeah, this. Oh <laughs>
0: nice. Lord, yeah. nice. got a new, it's like a new age book of Eli. Like if you nice. seen that movie yeah, with it's, Denzel, it's like I'm that but in a could,
1: I and, and I swear I, I'm impressed by it, but I'm a, I, I I'm hard on myself and I really, I can actually sit up here and really with the surety say, yo, this is a dope book.
0: You know, I mean? it's not like because I got a vivid imagination. So as you was laying it out, I'm like, I picture everything like a awesome. demolition man type of oh, film with some it's gritty type hip hop. I'm like, God. oh yeah, I gotta get this when you drop. It's time portals in
1: it, it's you know, it's not no outlandish magic, but it's like people with the telekinetic and telepathic abilities, it's things that right. can happen within that, and then it's wave frequency specialists who can create. They can, like, create barricades, like, okay, so the place that the netics, the the protagonist, the crew lives, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: like, the whole eastern seaboard got, anyway, got blown up. The new capital of the United States is Detroit, and the the eastern coast goes all the way down from Detroit to Texas. It ain't no more New York and all that. It's underwater. But um, the Bed-Stuy Station in New York is where the netics live, and they got these energy weavers that, through their energetic abilities, are able to keep the water off you know they demarcated the area where the, the weavers keep the water from overflowing into the best station that they've retrofitted into their living quarters, and so it's like a whole lot of stuff. Like at all times, they got four of them stationed at the four corners, keeping the energy going to where the water stays in the structure that doesn't interfere with where they stand. They keep the water from and they live there. The water is full of eth- uh, methane because of the explosion that happened, and which is a whole thing you hear in the book why that went down. But, um, these, these netics. Ex- they use power they use energy they people have become really energy conscious in the year 3013 and some people have built up their abilities to manipulate it and wow. and it's like a lot so you see brothers with hoodies on they got this extra understanding of energy and they're able to kind of like it's, it's a lot of stuff it's some dope sure. stuff it, man it's just all city
0: of atlantis eat your heart out he just top down right. real quick <laughs> it's, it's a so crazy right. journey
3: when you first started setting down and worked on this book, like what was the first thing, the idea, or how did your creative process start with this book here? Because it just seems like a lot. Like,
1: Well, it came out, it's funny, full circle. Let's go back to the politics of hip-hop. Right. In that class, some of the people who were in the organization that we laid a form called the Politics of Hip-Hop, because we created a journal, and we had like a little group um, called the Hip-Hop Think Tank that came out of it. Um, one of the dudes was really, really fascinated at the time because 50 Cent was just coming on the scene, and the world was revolving around 50 Cent. I mean, he was like, and that was the beginning of like the authentic authenticity, kind of like movement in rap. This dude had been shot five times. Right. People saw him as extra, extra, extra authentic and his songs was incredible songs. So the combination of the mystique behind them and the songs being as dope as they were, just catapulted that style of those ingredients to like, we need to have this in whoever rapper is going to be. And because of that, he was writing about the present state of hip-hop, one of my dudes in, in the hip-hop think tank was writing about the present state of hip-hop and what it looked like and where, where this trend started was taking it from what it used to be. I was like, dang, I'll do a part two to what you're doing that's in the way in the future to see where hip-hop went. And yeah. so that's why I started formulating the little infinitesimals of the ideas of what was going to end up becoming uh-huh. Lotus 2013, me just speculating. was the crazy worst case scenario for where hip hop could end up in the future. And what I came up with, hip hop could be so co-opted because it's on that way now. Like you got commercials literally hip hopped out with no black people in them, but it could be so co-opted that hip hop could be forgotten to be actually from a black or Latino root. It could be totally believed to be a white cultural product over time. And that got me thinking like, dang, that's a viable like probability that could really happen the way it's going. And, um,
3: and you're right about that with the Latino part because if you remember that
1: show called The Get Down, because this show look, basically that, the was, B-boys, yeah, that, was, was, that was, was the big boys, yeah, graffiti show. artists that's yeah. not getting it twisted. The five elements, the D some of the DJs, mm-hmm. the five elements of hip hop look, maybe, maybe not as much with the MC game early on, but the rest mm-hmm. of the elements, the Puerto Ricans was, 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 was right there with the brothers, like they had it,
3: they had it. They had it. look they at Crazy had-
1: Legs in NYC. You know, look at Crazy Legs in them, like you know, mm-hmm. soap and all. Baby soap and all mm-hmm. them, and the, the breaking. You had Mr. Wiggles in there and all that, but but Crazy Legs and his crew rock steady in them. They was like like right. reaching up, and they was they. Yeah. Everybody, you know, what I mean, it wasn't even like <laughs> no questions. Yeah, so, you know. So this book.
3: And everything when you when you when you, when you um so everybody can find it on your ig page right
1: you're gonna be able to find it on my ig page and I'll, I'll be having trailers and stuff I'm creating the trailers now and little information like what we just talked about I got stuff those short packets of me talking about it you know so people can start seeing this' about to come out and then about three weeks after I like start that then I'm gonna release it so I'm thinking it's gonna be you know no later than you know early in January and stuff like that I'm moving it back because I want it to be done right so I want I want everything to be so as soon as people get interested and they want to push PayPal, boom, boom, they get the book, the $20 exchanges, they get the link, and then they get all the stuff, all the artwork in both books, the audio book as well as the ebook. And I I'm And am thinking it. about
3: after that book, I'm thinking about you can turn that into a movie or something.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about Great. series, because you know, a lot of people who know the concept and who've read like little sides from it, they you know, they like, yo, this needs to be animated or this needs, you know, because it's real visual. And it's a different kind of world. It is like that Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, but it is yeah. Beach Street, too. The Beach Street part is real prominent in it, too. And so it's like, yeah, it's made for TV. I think so. I'm going I'm to have to get it, you know, I'm going to get a screenplay done for it or something to, to adapt it. But I, I really want to make it animated, like an animated kind of yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be I, in I an world. Type of, you know, anime world. I definitely appreciate yeah.
3: it, because you men, for some reason, y'all like animated stuff, because men like, like watch cartoons. But that, I can see animated and stuff. Yep,
1: I want to I get that off. I really want to. So I got a couple of people that I've been kind of like talking to that are interested. So I have to get when I get it to that point, um, then I, I, you know, we're going to see how it sells first and what the feedback is and what people like and what they don't. And I'm going to take all of that consideration and try to, like, you know, you put that back into the situation and produce a product visually um, through animation that has the elements. Because I'm going to have to abbreviate a little bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what people really like about the plot line. And I'm gonna try to see what really is catchy about the visual and try to marry those two in a sweet spot kind of way to where people get the most out of it. So that's gonna take a little bit to get that, but I'm gonna get that and, um, you know.
3: Right. Well, mm-hmm. we are gonna take a little commercial break before we wrap up. And when we come back, Steady got a few things for you.
1: And
4: okay,
3: we up? We gonna take a little commercial break we we'll be right back audience with Dr. Garfield Bright because we're not gonna let that go tonight. We don't call him <laughs> Garfield, but we are gonna recognize that doctor. But we'll be back in a few minutes and then steady
5: gonna put something up there for you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
5: Hey, I'm Alistair Boxhill and I'm both passionate and committed to helping you win through understanding the power of credit and your own financial literacy. See, financial literacy wasn't something that I was taught in school. I had no idea what made up my personal credit score or what the proper credit utilization was or even what the impact of me not paying my bills on time would have on my credit scores. As a result, I suffered with bad credit for a very long time. I just couldn't get out of my own way. You know, I was never the person that didn't make money. I've always been a go-getter but the lack of knowledge and the tools really had a huge impact on me. I'm definitely a testimony that you can overcome bad credit. I've personally had repossessions along with various collections accounts removed from my credit profile, which has allowed me to get my buying power back. Today, I'm passionate about helping you to win and to overcome your bad credit and to take charge of your financial future. That bankruptcy, That repossession, those medical bills, those student loans, it does not have to define you. If you're ready for change and to take charge of your financial future, I'm ready to work with you. Connect with me on social media, on Instagram, Alistair Boxhill, on Facebook, Alistair Boxhill, or you can email me at alistairboxhillgmail.com for a free consultation looking forward to working with you
4: I,
1: I like that yeah
3: Word. I like that
1: y'all do that man that's 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 powerful that y'all got that popping like
3: yeah that. they was on yeah. a um show um a couple of weeks ago and stuff talking about financial literacy and credit repair which is very important and stuff and you know and I was just expressing how I think we should start with our youth at a young age, just to let them know how important you, I mean, Garfield, you got kids. You got children?
4: Oh yeah, for sure.
3: Right. It's like, so, and I, like at a young age, these children should start knowing like what it means to have good credit. So many of them knows what it is to spend the money. They don't know, you know, how it is like, just to make sure that credit is right. And that's why we had them on it. It's dope. He's like they got like a real, real good, good program for everybody to come in and stuff. That needs help repair any credit and stuff and controlling yeah. your finances but yeah That's dope.
4: That's <laughs> everything.
3: That. That's so when well, we have our guest norm we like to you know have a little fun and stuff so we um uh, we thought it was dope for you being you came from the 90s era and stuff with your music and everything we just want to see you know how good your ear is so we're three well how many tracks you got because we're not going to hit them
0: in the total i know yeah, we're not going to do, do the whole thing we're
3: not going to do ten we're not going to <laughs> do ten but we just want to put something on to see if you can figure it out <laughs> all
4: right let's do it let's try it let's see what it is all right say no no Wow! <laughs> he hit See, that one,
3: well, the, I don't even wait. That got me, but it, it looked like he knows what it is, and I think he, I know what it is.
0: I said he it. got the open melody. That's what got kind of, it. What's the? Uh <laughs> huh. Who's comfortable? You know
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Check mark. Check mark.
3: How did you put "confident" on this so fast?
0: The, 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 the I knew it gave him an opening. He gave him an
1: opening. <laughs> and then I could just hear the harmonies in there. Even though it was chopped up, the harmonies still sound almost the same. Like, I don't know. And I've been performing that for 30 years. That's what I'm saying. How
3: you get him with confidence first, Steady? Jesus Christ, you know what? what? You said the other one would have been too
0: easy. I thought maybe that one would have gave him a little challenge. Steady, are you ready? Go
3: to the next one.
0: you <laughs> ready? are you
2: ready?
0: <laughs>
4: what color is what you
2: got what you got
1: oh dang it's, it's definitely a girl group or something but um
3: you heard Coco voice in it. I think
1: I heard Coco too. It like, felt like Coco voice at first, but then I couldn't recognize some chords. But it could I, be Love will be right here. I don't know. I don't. I don't
0: what is it? What is it? Uh, what is it? I, huh? What, 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 what is it? That one was weak. Oh, that was
1: weak. <laughs> that was weak. At first, I thought it was weak. The video he was in. <laughs> Yeah, I was in that video for sure. And look. <laughs> I heard, I thought, I, heard, I knew it was Coco, and I was thinking weak, but I, I was waiting for certain these certain chord structure to hit me, and it never came. I was like, well, that must not be weak. All right, don't, don't worry. We're not going to tell Coco you didn't get that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to holler at her and let her know that, hey, hey little Coco, you're going to see this video. I, I messed up with your song, no drugs. <laughs> Go ahead, steady. Play the next one.
0: Okay, okay. Let's see here. Yeah.
1: I mean, he screwed these things up good too, didn't he? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that we don't call him steady, you ready for nothing? You know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Back on your
1: speed. Yep. Got. That's that not gonna lose. The one man, yeah, Shazam, and Dino and Gi. <laughs> my guys. Somebody rocking, babe. There you go. <laughs> you yeah, got one more for you, and it it's not going to be a shy cut. Nope, nope, nope,
3: no. Nope.
4: Okay.
3: No shy cuts. Okay. It's just too easy for him. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um,
1: what is that? Um, whatever you want. Is that what it is? My heart belongs to you. He got
0: Jodeci right. I'm just Where's joking. Where's Jodeci? It's, it's,
1: one them, it's one of them Jodeci Jones. I hear that heavy KC and the harmonies with Joe
2: Jones. My lady. Lady. I can't take it no
4: more,
0: baby. Oh, that baby. was crap for you, man. you, <laughs> man, like Jojo,
4: <laughs> that? What? What? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Jojo, that, yo? I'm just yeah,
4: saying.
3: it was. I mean, how does it like feel coming kind of back in that era with all those groups? that was you, Joe um, boys to men and stuff. Like, what it was it like? You it know, was dope just being a in the moment.
1: Like, I knew in that moment that that was a special, like, I knew that that was just a special times we were in. Like, I knew yes. it didn't take the future for me to look back and be like, yo, those was dope. Like, I knew right. then that everybody was a one of one, first of all. Like, Jodeci did not sound like Boys to Men. Shy right. didn't sound like Jodeci. Right. didn't sound like Man. Shy. H Town didn't right. sound like nobody, like, UNV, Mint Condition. All these groups had their own sound, portrait. They just had their mm-hmm. own sound. And it was all dope though. The SWVJ, you know, I mean you got down to the, you know, like the changing faces and the 702s and all that and all that. Mm-hmm. But but
0: yeah, they all had their the sound
1: and then the Missy Timberland Aaliyah movement and genuine, you know, came right. through and that was just yeah. something different, right yeah. like then that. the 112s popped up in the jacket edge, they didn't sound nothing like each other. Like right. it was just no, all really these, not. Drew Hill came out with Drew, um, your boy from my man's Cisco, which is my, I love Cisco. Like, we've been doing a lot of shows, and I I, I, I they one of my favorite groups to watch perform, Drew Hill. Like, their performances is to be off the chain. Like, yeah. Cisco gets into this, like, actor's, like, method acting kind of mode before he goes on, and he just becomes this this whole other, it's a trip to watch it. Like, yo, it's entertaining as hell, and he, he yeah, can blow it. he's very entertaining. The boy can blow it. Yeah. But this voice, I remember early on, I always felt like he had the same stuff in his throat that KC kind of had, like some of the similar, that growl, mm-hmm. old man kind of sound, and, mm-hmm. and a little different, but similar enough to where I saw a similarity. But at the same time, they were different enough to be their own thing, mm-hmm. too. Right. And right. I love Drew right. music, man. So, But they all, basically, everybody was different from each other. And, um right. Like when we had our shows, when it was like Jade, SWV, H-Town, Shy, Silk. We would all stand on the stage on the side of the stage and watch each other, each other perform because we genuinely liked each other's hits and was rooting for each other like like everybody was dope to us like if i wasn't in a group shot i would still put these would be on my playlist because they right, just dope. Right. Point, you know and i just so, considered
3: the whole era like a movement with y'all know, like a straight up movement and everything you know because i mean you had the new additions when they was out but it wasn't too many. The, the godfathers right, God, they did the godfathers and stuff but, I mean, you guys just came out, and it was like, or like you said, everybody was different. Everybody had their own sound, and everybody yep. was just dope, but it was just a whole movement and stuff
5: and yep. everything. Yep. And,
3: oh, God, you just gave us so much. you still giving us so much. So tell us, what's up? Besides you? I know you got the album, the, um, your solo album. You said the guys that came on, and they was also helping you in, um, on doing some things with you. But what else we can expect from Shy and everything? And golf and Dr. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, right, own- I'm sorry,
1: I'm, I'm trying to get traction to schools, building bridge programs to help like um, black high schools and, and, and black mm-hmm. studies departments interface with each other, you know, in the hoods. And I'm also trying to develop this thing called an artisan scholar initiative where I'm introducing skilled trades as part of a core curriculum with STEM con- concepts. So mm-hmm. our babies, once they graduate, they not only can be college track with the STEM stuff. But if everything mm-hmm. break down, even though they develop that academic, but they can't get hired, they can have a trade, a skilled trade that they have learned and gotten a, a certification for, or they can do, they can put up a drywall, they can do electricianship, they can cut some hair, skills right. that you can still make money and not be handicapped, but um, mentally ambidextrous enough to have both a trade for entrepreneurial track as well as your, so I'm fighting to get that put in fourth grade type of settings where I feel like the premises mm-hmm. Different ethnicities need contoured educations to produce the solution set to the problems that plague their particular ethnicity. Different people have different pathways and different plights. And so through education, you can correct that if you produce the solution set. So let's contour our educational criteria to produce a product through our kids coming through and matriculating. That's going to then allow the neighborhoods and the communities to be stronger based on what they are learning. So if they're armed with entrepreneurial skill sets and a viable uh, skill, pro, skill set as well as the college track type of basically is combining Booker T. Washington and W.B. Du Bois' philosophies together and having Dude. a both hand instead of an either or. Yes. So, so, so Booker T. And, and, and Du Bois, Du Bois wanted the talented 10th, the college track people to be the leaders and kind of get respect for the, for the uh, race through that. You know, showing that they, you know, they can infiltrate political stuff and do all the different things through their education. And Booker T. Washington was like, look, we can build, literally build community by dropping our pills right here, getting in the land, working it, building our structures and creating our own and, and, and keeping it in-house and, 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 and having respect for ourselves through our own, how we doing our work for ourselves. And I'm like, yes. both of those, it don't have to be an either or, they could be both. And so, right. respect for skilled tradesmen, some kind of way that got pushed down to like some kind of blue collar level where people mm. who put up drywall or electricians or plumbers they look at it as some kind of second tier. Now, nah, they get the work when in Houston, when all that weather came, the dudes who can cut a hole in the wall and fix your plumbing, they the ones who was getting money, or everybody yes. else couldn't even leave a house and all right, right. I mean, we need to think a rethink what you know. The, the, and then there's a lot of people, sort of the earth type people, that do these jobs that don't get the respect as people and skills. A lot of those trades people, but everywhere in the world, somebody need their haircut. If you got that skill, you can go yeah. anywhere and make money. Everybody in the world need electricians, and so yeah, our kids need to have equal respect for those people and those compositions right. and not look at it either or where they can do one. You on know, your another. vocational right. track or the cop? No, both of those could be part of you. So when you graduate you can still go to college and then have this hustle and then employ people. Like right, you can, right. That'll build community because the skilled trades are in like communities like houses and small businesses where it's who hires the electricians and the plumbers. So you're rooting right. in the community. So you still the salt of the earth because you're dealing with people that look like you and so you're getting respect mm-hmm. and you're respecting community values because you're helping build them. But you also got the college track stuff where you're seeing back row pictures and the philosophies and the theoretical stuff that they teach you. And you can join them together like the skeletal system and the muscular system. You can make a whole thing that's sustainable and viable. And we need that. And we don't you have do. we I do it. All and it doesn't. So I'm Why working on you? something like that. too. you'll be hearing my name attached to different things like that. And Lisa um, said
3: this is beautiful, what you're doing, giving that back to our youth and back to our community. And that is absolutely phenomenal. Wow.
1: Thank you. I'm trying my best to make some fun in that way. So we need that. Our babies need that. And um it'll change our communities if we if if more people had double skills like that. Like, you know, if everybody it just came with the territory, yeah, you're gonna have your math and science and you're gonna be dope with that. And you can, you know, your technology and all the stuff. But you're going to be able to do some trade, something with your hands that you can just, you're going to fix a car. You're going to be able to put the air to your engine. You're going to be able to do some welding. You're going to be able to do some kind of plumbing, some drywall, something where you can build, like real life skill stuff. Right. Because face it, Word. all the PhDs in the world, if this society broke down, we got put in the wilderness, we wouldn't know how to sustain ourselves or live or build a damn right. right. Know nothing right. about the real world. That's the real world. We know about this theoretical world that, that capitalism has taken over and presented to us is, is solid. But we don't really have survival skills like we think we do. And so I'm thinking that we need more of that kind of stuff working with our hands. And,
0: Absolutely. You know,
3: right. So. And it's like you I'm looking here, just listening to everything that you know, every, knowing everything you done did. Like you're such a, like the the ultimate epitome of a role model, like in every direction. The, uh, you know, the music, right? The music, you know, the thing uh, on the music, um, um, industry, um, you're, you're just letting them know it's important to go back to school, and then you know, I, I, just can't. It's like I'm just overwhelmed right now. I'm so serious <laughs> and everything. Jackie said, "I'm with you. I work with the youth." Jackie works with the youth as well. She, she works with the youth with the fashion and models. She has a um school called J Love of um and Fashion. Those. Okay. yes, Those. and um, she works with the community. She gets them out there um she works with um you know um and she works with kids um with autistic kids as far as oh wow yes and modeling adequates and everything on the runway she just got an award for that and everything so giving back to our youth is so important and everything and i i you know that's another amazing thing and stuff and i i know i just want to thank you so much also you my nephew who just who you spoke to earlier like you know what it is for people that's incarcerated that is just something like big to him when he came was able to speak to you somebody who he looked up to growing up I, right. I, 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 the icon He's still looks you the icon and he actually where he's at right now got to sing a song with you Stuff like that matters. And it's not always the big thing that you do giving back, it's the little things. You understand what I'm saying? No, that, just,
1: that made me feel I got as much out of that as he did. So it's like because yeah. that's real life human stuff. Like yes, right. I, I feel good being a part of that. Like that's right. that rewards me more than like getting paid for a show. Like that's a real thing, like that.
3: Right. It mm-hmm. is. And that just yeah. like made his day. Like, you know, he, what you gonna do? He's gonna go back and just think about remember that and everything. And Jackie, she said, um you got the comments rolling in. Um, I would love to have you in my show next year. So you and i can oh, work wow. that out and everything. Um, God, so let me so know. Fly, you know. know.
4: So <laughs> yeah,
3: Jackie's good with it, hon. Let me tell you something. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. 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 Phenomenal good with it, hon. She uh you you gotta ask around about her, you know the, the, you mentioned Absolutely. Jackie Love, you're gonna ring bells. They go, be like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> but um, everybody on, let everybody know where they can do. find you at the social besides the block. And thank you so much for signing up on a block. That's my oh, yeah, yeah. That I created <laughs> for um, entertainers and artists to come network because I felt they had LinkedIn, Facebook, and you know, Instagram, but they had nothing for like the entertainers and you know, artists and stuff. And I came up with that. Me and my brother, we um, you know, we started that up a couple of years ago and unfortunately he passed away and wasn't here to see it oh, roll out power. and everything so but thanks for signing up on my app the block and stuff you know it's new but hopefully we get to you know it's, it's by us for us basically
1: yeah so, that's a dope concept the block yeah, i like yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> the company is called everything entertainment expo um okay. but what happened was when the young kids started signing up the icons the shape of the block so they was like yeah i'm up on the block today i was like you know what so i got to incorporate that leave it up to the young kids and stuff so i said like, let me put that in there and yes and you know Excellent. yes you were very humble Garfield. they said yeah yeah just we, um oh thank you my big sister we're so proud of you um and i just want to thank you so much but i'm sorry i interrupt you just let everybody know besides the block where else they can find you
1: Oh um, Instagram on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um on Instagram and Facebook, I'm on the Garfield Bright Experience.
3: Mm-hmm. And um
1: and then Shy, we have a page, um Shy right. mm-hmm. So S H A I like Shy and then Rogliphics, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like but that's the Shy page and stuff on the same IG, Facebook. And that's pretty much it, you know.
3: That's it and stuff. And let me tell you something. I, you know, I, and I want to thank you so much for replying to my my message on Instagram and stuff when I sent it to you. And I was like, oh, sweet, so you replied. Thank you so much. And That's everything. No it was just um, I I'm just so you, grateful. We're grateful that you came on and shared your story with us, um, and everything, and just let every let us know. We just was drunk up today what's going on with with you and the you got her me.
0: literally overwhelmed right yeah, now. I am overwhelmed. This is I'm a first.
3: Here. You know why? Because I'm sitting here just listening to everything he done did. Like I mean, he's he, now he's not only Garfield, he's Doctor Garfield, right? Okay, exactly. You know, and he's giving back to the community. He's coming out with this awesome book, you know, and that's something that that these kids need stuff like that. You understand what I'm Agreed. saying? And they need to see our men bring it to them. And this is what he's doing and and this is why yeah. i'm just i'm just like so overwhelmed and i i, I just thank it. you so much for taking the time out with us and everything and um sitting down talking to us and stuff and hopefully we definitely be able to get you back on the show because we want to get you back on the show after that book comes you know no doubt, no doubt. The movie, i'm speaking a movie into existence for you okay, okay? Keep speaking. Keep speaking. <laughs> i'm speaking <laughs> that movie into existence for you i, I feel it because that book in itself is just like phenomenal and everything but what you know one thing i do want to ask you everything you done experience coming you know um coming up you know going to school. You know coming out being a part of the one of the most popular hottest r b groups and they up to now like um what will you tell looking back your younger self if you can tell your younger self anything
1: well you know like um just i think everybody gets blindsided by the industry in terms of mm-hmm. what it actually was versus what they thought it was supposed to be right and so and that's what my dissertation kind of looked at. It would end up being four phases to different the different artists who I interviewed. It's, it's four phases that, in co- that were in common to their projection, um, their progression. And the first is like the trial and error phase, where you, you know, you're coming into this thing that's a business that you thought was an art thing, and you, you clash, you're coming to grips with it. And so you're you thinking that the business is going to work itself out. So you're doing your other stuff, and you start realizing that it's a trial and error thing, like you're seeing what's working. And then at, at a, for a second, you got to pull back. And then, in real, because once you realize that it's not just artistry, it's product creation. <laughs> then you got to look at like you got to peep game, like right. assess this. And you peep game, and you realize how it works. And then you have to make mm-hmm. a decision on how much of that game that you peep you can actually pallet and move like that, and how much of it you need to put to the side to save face and find a sweet spot that allows you to stay in the industry without pissing too many people off, while mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. not count time into this ridiculous power leverage that they have in terms of creating their pro- product that you are actually the artist of. So that's the peak game. And then what you end up doing after that reflects this game you learn and that's the new attitude phase. Like you've readjusted from that trial and error phase when you first came into the industry, not really tripping on the business part. Now you got a new attitude where you got definite do's and don'ts, where you right. don't really necessarily like stuff like, you know, don't make friends be your, um, just for the sake of that your friends be your your business pieces because of your friend, because in these circles, if they're not adequate to the task, your brand and your credibility to the label and and those leverage points that you need to create are not gonna happen. So you learn quickly that if your friend happens to be qualified, hardcore, then yes, but you need to have people that can do the job. And sometimes they might take on different hues and different sizes and shapes, which really the final analysis you need people. So those kind of life lessons. And then the last thing is, you know, um, 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 life is the experience is the best teacher. your new attitude and came into existence now you used to tread in the path you carved out a place Mm for yourself to kind of walk and now certain things that you know work over here Mm -hmm. that's a power dynamic space are going to transfer in your life too you know so like me i was at georgia state and i created a program coming from Mm -hmm. the artist side of things into an educational side yeah i created a new program and i was housed you know as a in in this building working as a graduate assistant but they wanted to um Kind of like take my program because I, I they thought I created it under their building, but me being an artist, as soon as I came up with the concept, I got it copywritten. So all they could do with me was partner with me. They couldn't take over me because I'll be damned if I go to California years later and want to do that program, and I got to call Georgia State to ask them for permission to do right. program. Right. So immediately I copywrote my stuff because that's what you do as an artist with your intellectual property in the music industry. You can protect yourself. So stuff like that, I applied that to everywhere and it helped me because when I got to that other place, like the educational side with the intellectual property, I, I was coming from an artist thing. Right, I wasn't no right. young, out of fresh into college person who didn't know nothing about, because I had been through an industry. So that that lesson transferred for me. So yeah. Right. So that's, that's kind of how the industry over time, it, you know, it taught me lessons. And so a lot of the stuff that I, I learned from it I, I are good yeah, rules yeah. of thumb for general life moves. And so that's you know I, that's what I retained from it. I, I forget if that was your original question, but um,
3: yes, that that definitely was my question and stuff. And okay. you answered <laughs> it so perfectly and everything. Um, now, are you gonna be working with like um music wise? And I'm sorry, you hear Coco again. She just barks when she hears the littlest thing. That's my little baby, don't my lassata, my doggy. But are you planning on like maybe um working with any of the these younger artists? like this around like collaborating like or any of them would you like to collaborate i with?
1: always I always collect it's like it's a studio in houston called the one sound vibe big ups to my man lafayette and um it's always like new artists in there that i'm singing hooks on their stuff from mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm singing verses i'm a, i'm a, I'm an artist so i collab just yeah, off the right. most so i'm just that type of spirit anyway so I've, I've done stuff that's probably coming up coming out that i'm not even aware of in certain circles that i've contributed to and if you know I, I like that new energy, like I got a right. couple of young students that end up being artists that I cut a lot of songs with because they're young energy, they're writing style, right. they're the melodies, and then my old schoolness, but I still got a young, a young enough spirit to kind of, without playing myself, match what they're doing in my way, where it connects and jibes where it's authentic. Like I like that. I like putting that in my mix because it helps keep me fresh and I like bouncing off like people like um like I like like people like Miguel. Um, mm-hmm. I like Jeremiah. Like, um, it, there's a few young cats out there that I really think are dope. Like, I like they, you know, Bruno Mars is like one of my favorite artists. Period. Yeah, he's that out there. there. He's out there. He, that boy don't get enough props. That's, he can blow yeah, anything. Yeah. You know, that boy's bad. And his um and that '90s kind of sound he gets, he's doing like with 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 a uh, T Pain helping him write a little bit, and I think Boots, he got a little bit to do with some of that stuff. Um, and then you you know he got your boy um. What's his name? Anderson mm-hmm. Pack in and a crew doing, Anderson you know. So, yeah. They get out to do yeah. the
3: Super Bowl
1: with Dr. Dre and them. Yeah. I look, it's the first time I ever look forward to a Super Bowl performance. I, I don't I'm remember. I'm really, like, yeah, i am been years. I actually want to make sure I watch that as opposed to it's yeah. coming on. I, I might peep in. Look, I really am looking forward to seeing that one. Like, because so, I'm not a football um,
3: fan, but I want to watch that for that performance. Everybody in
1: there is is dope. Like, I, I I can't wait to rock, rock, watch them rock. Everybody on there, you know. So it's like, but, um, you know, I I I like a lot of the uh, young cats that um, you know, cause there's um. There's no we without you and I. That that's nice. a that song yeah. right there. Those lyrics, that's some that's some throwback. That's a dope. That's yeah. dope. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. um, know, and he he killed. You know, and then you know. Maybe we can be on chill tonight. Like maybe we can yeah. be all chilly. Like the melody. God. It's dope. Like, like I, I enjoy that. So I'm not gonna knock all this new music because some of it I really enjoy. Like, you know what I mean? i would be right, sitting like,
4: right. like, maybe we can be on chill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: So like I, you know. I'm still inspired by a lot of stuff. And I you know some of these artists, my point was I, I would mind collaborating with some of those artists. Right, you know? right, it, it right. Like I'd be like, yo, like Jeremiah voice, if he sing on some, his voice is dope. Like this is his voice. Yeah, like, in general. And his yeah. songs be dope, you know, but I, I, yeah. I, he gotta, people I don't think realize how dope his actual voice is until they hear him on probably some other stuff too. Cause his songs are already so fly that you, not, you might not right. realize that his voice is that dope. Right. You know, but um, but people like that, Miguel, like I, I really like dig they, they they style and they 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 lyrics and um yeah, little Miguel, things that. That they do you know eyes. what so saying? Me. They they dope to me, and I look forward yeah. to that, you know. And I'm wondering where my main music soul child is. Up, you know, I'm I'm I'll be glad they come. I'll be needing some yeah. of that, you know. Some of that, that real
0: RB, me. some Anthony Hamilton, some real yeah. Jesus. <laughs> God.
1: Yeah,
0: no, um, was it um and um
4: I love
1: it all. Oh, I love you. That's my favorite joint by him. And,
2: nice. uh, Go
1: ahead and, and sing,
2: it, God, like, my, sing, it. sing it,
1: Garfield. That's <laughs> it. Yo, Anthony you know, is crazy. He kind of me of Dino a little bit. That's why I yeah. like him so much. Yeah, you know yeah, he
3: do with his voice. He got his own
1: thing though, and he, he just dope. Yeah. He dope. Like he's dope. Right.
3: So. so this vegan life looks like it's been like it's doing you justice. like I said, you don't look a day over thirty. What? Like <laughs> I'm serious, I mean, I listen, I I just ate a piece of steak earlier, but I'm thinking about now, I'm looking at you. I'm about to leave that red meat alone, leave meat alone and stuff. and everything. Are you preparing your own meals or do you got
1: like you do oh, you I have to cook because you know you because I'm one of those kind of vegans that I don't reach really, I don't I don't like just live off of like things that are vegan substitutes for meat, like the vegan hot dog it, like, I actually get vegetables and put the mugs in the, in the situation and eat yeah. real. Like, you know, I chop up some onions, some green peppers, some some mushrooms, some carrots, you know what I mean? Then they got this stuff called right rice that's, you know, that I can mix with it that's made out of like, you know, chickpea flour. You know, but, you know, I eat a hot meal, but I eat mostly. Then I got a Nama juicer where I get all that stuff and juice it, make real pure juice through the day, and then it'll make me a good hot meal and put the fatty stuff on it, like the avocado, so I can sleep overnight and yeah. keep my weight up. And, I learned a few things, but yeah, I cook a lot and I cut up and I eat real simple and in the basics. Most oh, of the time. Up,
3: ladies, you hear
1: this? Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so like that, anything you don't do,
3: <laughs> right?
1: A lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying? But I just, you know, I'm real basic and
0: simple to me. You no, know, I just you really know. you dropped a bunch of jewels tonight. You're gonna call yourself basic and simple <laughs> <with> all these <laughs> yeah, things about you, one, no, no, they're, right. they're
3: not <laughs> basic about you. <laughs> So how to do they around the holidays and stuff with the eating? Like, because I mean, do you get together with the oh, family? Oh,
1: nah, I've been used to that. Well, see, since I was like seventeen, I stopped eating beef and pork, oh,
3: so okay. I, I almost
1: okay. forgot what that tastes like. I'm fifty two now, so that's that's a lot of years ago. You know what I'm
3: saying? Right. <laughs> uh, um, Lisa said, "What can you?" Ago. Um, they have a question for you. What can you recommend for diabetics with the vegan?
1: Oh yeah, well you know, that's, natural foods, whole foods are like um. Actually, like stuff like there's so many things in the in the vegan world that first of all you can just start doing some black seed oil just on a regular and your diabe- your diabetes will come down. Um, but like chard and kale and all these different green leafy things, they're diuretic. They cut down on your body's water retention and your body is more alkaline. And so the insulin that has been stunted starts reactivating itself with a body chemistry and your pH gets back to normal. Through the foods like a lot of the mucus-based and blood-based foods creates the, 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 the exacerbated kind of like body chemistry that allows diabetes to kind of flourish. Um, that A1C stuff. And so the whole foods are kind of like minimize the whole like bandwidth of that, the way it's like right. it's not even an issue. Your blood becomes cleaner and more it kickstarts itself again in terms of what it's producing. And um, it's just this, you know, look at look up Swiss and look up all of the red, all the things that are red, God made things that are red. For your blood, like most things that have a red vine like on be- it, a red stem,
4: like beets, beets and
1: liver, beets, and all that kind of stuff, it's yeah. for your blood. You know, what I mean, God color coded it for you.
4: You
1: <laughs> know, so you know, you, you know, things that are yellow might be for your pancreas. Like, it's a, read Dr. Laila Africa's book, African Holistic Health. That's something that you could check out. And there's some, it's a lot of good stuff in there in terms of diet. Dr. Sabi, of course, he's passed away, rest in power. But a lot of his stuff was just on point, you know, and that might be one of the reasons why he's not with us today. Um, but check right. out Dr. Savy. The enemy is mucus. And a lot of the, you know, blood based foods produce mucus in your body. And that's what all the germs live. Think when you're getting better from being sick. The first thing that starts happening is you start draining mucus. Why? Because right. right. that's what all right. the yeah. stuff was living inside of. Okay. And your body right. finally got it out of you, but it comes out because it lives in the mucus. So it comes out through the mucus. So right. if you don't develop a lot of mucus to begin with, that stuff don't have too many places to live inside of you. And so you can't get so compromised immuno, um, immuno, immunologically <laughs> and so, so you just a doctor all the way around just mean, let me just, no, I, just I, I read up on that kind of stuff because i really was interested in like foods that, that keep you here sustain your food that take you away and you know why black people when they get like a certain age start you know dying from food based diseases and stuff like like what is it you know and i i didn't want to become that guy and so early on i met Dick Gregory's daughter, and she took me to her All crib and I met Baba Gregory whose birthday is the same day as mine, rest in power. And mm-hmm. I started really at a young age being conscious of the power mm-hmm. of food and on um, what it can do and how it can keep you young and beautiful beautified, or how it can like you can lose beauty quality over time based on the harsh the nature of what your body is trying to digest. Your stomach acids is like a muscle. And when it starts, you're becoming tired from constantly eating and eating harsh things to break down like beef, the matrix of beef skin got a lot of cartilage and stuff inside of the meat, and so it, it don't right. ever break down all the way. Your body never really fully digests the beef, and so stuff be, through your intestines goes right past it and starts it starts sitting in your colon and becomes acidic, and then leukoplasia starts forming, and that's where the cancer becomes. It's really just rotten beef that was sitting in your stomach because you never cleaned. Oh God, And so right. a lot of people get colon cancer from just rotten beef in their system. Rotten you know, beef. they don't even know it, and so all that kind of stuff, like you know, really. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't ever push veganism on anybody because, you know, a lot of people have to find their way in it. It's not easy because you got to really find what works and then you lose weight at first because you don't know what to eat. and But then you find things that can sustain you and then you find a right. pattern. And then, you know, now I find my pattern. Like I regulate and I'm good. I'm, I keep myself a certain way through it. It's not even hard. And so. Well,
3: it's working for you, honey. I'm going to tell you. I'm I, I kid you not. I mean, like, I mean. I mean, you always been a fine brother and you still, I mean, I'm so, but I mean, now it's like, now you here, you have 52, you claim you're 52. I don't believe it. Oh, 52,
0: i like, I looked at it on Instagram, like, ain't no way myself, like, I'm like, right. been you that
3: long? we looking at like, what am I doing wrong? And I see it, I mean, God darn, but um, that's what's up. That's what's up, you know? Right. And I'm so glad, um, you know, a lot, they was able to hear your voice on that and stuff and everything because you just dropped some more jewels on us. Because a lot of this oh, stuff,
1: man. you see the comments, they're like, "Wow, thank you." <laughs> the more I learn, the more I learn, the more I'll share. Like I'm, you know, because I, I really want to know, like, like, what what this is. I, it's a lot of stuff I want to know that I'm still looking for answers. For. Right.
3: So you do a lot of reading and researching, don't you? you yeah, don't I'm just made, I'm just
1: made that way, which is why, like I was telling you when I went to get my PhD, it was really for like I was just curious. I'm a learner. Like curious, right. I want to see how far I could I could just go learning. It wasn't really to toss my weight around as doctor this that you know. But I ended up landing at Dr. Brightness, you know what I mean?
4: <laughs> like, right, right, Dr. Brightness. I, really like,
1: I like learning, I like knowledge, I like being able to figure these things out and connect dots, because I'm innately feeling like something ain't right about what, how, where we live, what we do in the name of being human, what doing human actually means, how capitalism plays a part in that, like, things don't seem right to me, so I'm always trying to figure out like, what the hell is this that we live in? What is Earth, right. what is this? How old is this place really? What is human for real? Like, what, right. what are we here for? Like, what? What is time like? How, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I trip out on a lot of stuff that just never gets answered. That people act like aren't questions you to you be like asked. You like the pal,
3: Your philosophy? You like the pal that. that the philosophy route. Because I'm really tripping out on power like what is
1: called life. At? Like, what is this shit? Like, right. you know, like, we just live and then we just die. Like, what is this? Like, right, what right. are we in? What is this thing we're in? Like, <laughs> is, it has right. no end, or no beginning. Like, nobody knows what this shit is, and they act like they do. And it's, it pisses me off. So I got to find right. out. My own self, little things, and I just throw questions to the universe and just stay open-minded. And little things ajar jar answers, and I get epiphanies. And you know, I just work like that, and it makes me more spiritual. I think on those levels, but I'm so, just not satisfied with what I'm, what this, the explanations for where language comes from.
4: Right, nothing
1: about what we do. Period. Like the capabilities of us, cycle spiritually. What voice actually is, consonant vowel combinations, how powerful they actually are. Like why it's called spell spelling and why they use the same word for what witches do spells cast spells to to denote writing out letters to make words all those are called spelling why is that do they have a common like what is what's what's happening here like you know what I mean I I stay dissatisfied with the explanations and so it makes me reach a little further because I just I just don't you know
3: and it's like you know I I just got so many questions for you and I promise I'm gonna let you go soon but listen well this question I have for you right um Let's take it back eighteen months ago, right? And with the Black Lives Matter, the George uh, Floyd, George Floyd, and everything. Did your tone and like your creativity when you was doing music change behind that and stuff? Like, did you find yourself going like in a darker um, creative mode? No,
1: you know what it did for me. It um, you know that whole time, all this stuff. It's just it's some weird times we're living in, and some of it seems to be quite, quite honestly synthetic um, and produced and put out there in this real weird kind of way like it's something wrong with it sensationalized wise like right. the premise of black lives mattering is that I uh, yes they damn yeah. sure do they always yeah. have Right, but right. something around the politic of it and the way it's pushed it's something weird going on but um in terms of just the times we're in i wrote this song called indigo child like the indigo children um if anybody's familiar with that phrase or the children that like old souls that seem like they are here for a purpose. And they're, they're showing it early on in their lives. Like the four-year-old that's already written a book to raise money for some kids in Haiti. Like mm-hmm. them kind of children. Like they on another, they be here for another. And so I wrote a song called Indigo Child, because child, I feel like I'm one of those. I'm just older. Right. And um, I'm saying, yo, it's time to stand up. So it's a real pretty dope acapella, heartfelt mm-hmm piece that's asking them to finally like i don't care if you're eight or ten it's time for you to stand up and take your place to be a leader of of the new paradigm we need to be going to based on your young pure energy and your imaginative powers that can see literally a reality outside of this one and so i'm calling for y'all to stand up and take hold of this that and i wrote a song like that
3: but um so that was
1: pretty much you know
3: right right that's awesome well and are you right are you currently teaching right now
1: no, no, no. I like I take my PhD. Like I could be probably teaching, and you know, adjunct at certain universities, or whatever. Right, but Okay. I don't want to be in the ivory towers like I, that's not. I'm not interested in that. Like right. I, I want to be in the community, creating programs on the ground, like you go. real, like real, real yeah. outcomes that I can see happening. You know, so right. I, that's my that's what my what I do with my PhD. I, I, and some you know I'm open for consulting in terms of creating engagement for like teachers. Who have problems with engagement in their classes like i i figured some things out around um a mm. mechanism for engagement mm. so i can take your right. course and teach your children in my style and and it, you'll see how i'm creating engagement and sparking the light bulb and right then you, you right the habits of mind for you not my talents but the, the objectives my hap- my sensibilities and then mm. you know so i I, I, tr- I do that kind of work too
3: okay um, okay well that's so, awesome well can we give him some hands or just some claps? I mean, just just for everything he's doing, like outside. I mean, music, I mean, I know you got claps on the stage and everywhere else, but this is just phenomenal. This has just been a phenomenal show. I want to thank you so much once again for coming on and everything. Um, like really, Garfield. I mean, you the truth. I kid Thanks you not. you for having me, y'all. I mean. Definitely. I mean, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us, educating us, um, and stuff. You got a lot of people out there who's just looking at this like, wow. And thank you for joining
1: um, and coming to check me out, and I appreciate yeah, that. Thank
3: love. You. It's, I'm serious. And um, so again, people go to his Instagram. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you find him on the block, he's on the block now. And I'm just like, oh man, it got it on up the on the block. I
1: got off the porch, I got him on the block.
3: <laughs> I really appreciate that and stuff. And we definitely gonna be looking out. Looking out for that new music, looking out for that book and everything, um, looking out for that movie, because I want to talk, like I said, I'm not gonna, talking into existence for you and stuff. And, you know, um, I just thank you so much. Steady, what you got to stay for Garfield? I, I mean, I just... Well, I, 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 I mean,
0: I, I feel like you just summed it all up. What more can we say?
3: I didn't mean to walk it up. I didn't mean to walk it up, but I just couldn't help it and stuff because, I mean, this is a guy who... Um, since I was a teenager, like, oh my God, you know.
0: You, and, I came up in that era, so you got to look at the more <laughs> what he yeah, has layered the a, foundation
3: compared to us. He's a baby. That's crazy, y'all. That's crazy. And stuff and Allegedly.
0: But didn't he just tell you about the old soul scenario? I'm one of them.
3: Okay, he got some old soul. he does. but... Again, thank you so much, Garfield, for coming on today. Thank you all
0: That's for nice. having me. Just, respect, respect. You got to do us a drop. We just need one drop. He got to do who they want. No, yeah, it's you like can just like I just who they
3: want, please. I mean, okay. Just,
0: like, just who they want.
1: Like, what's up? This Garfield from Shy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, like, you can just send it to
3: us. Email it to me when you get ready and or when you okay. get it done and stuff. Just what you hear, like on an introduction. That will be so okay. dope. I really appreciate it. I'll do that. It. For yeah. It's sure. stuff. Word. But thank you so much for coming on with us and hanging out with us today and stuff. This has been dope. And um, wish the hope to have you back soon and stuff. Yeah, anytime. Um, you know, y'all, y'all know y'all how to get projects me. and everything. And if you you and the guys want to come back on, just let us know. We can okay, exactly and stuff. And okay, it's been a real one, Garfield. It was, and it was a pleasure meeting you. Likewise. Pleasure. this is like you know I'm on giddy right now because this is like somebody ridiculous. I used to like one of the groups I used to chase when I was young. Oh, shy. He didn't, okay, but um, let me get let me get out my mode right now. Okay, so
0: You're ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we have to wrap up, so I think Fandomodium can come out now.
3: <laughs> I know, right? So thank you so much for coming out and everything. What we're gonna do? We're gonna wrap up the um show. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, gonna let go. Of. They say much love, much um, love, your inspiration, all. and a comment, Lisa and everything um there was a couple of comments on the block too like i didn't get to read those and stuff because we stream live everywhere and okay. stuff and everything so and if you ever want to get the show and look at it you can go on youtube the block it's going to be there okay and everything lisa said much love and respect such an inspiration yes he is Thank you, lisa. A, <laughs> i mean he is uh he is the epitome like it can be done <laughs> okay it can right. be done no oh, there's go. no limit there's you can just keep going so as we let Garfield go, well, Dr. the Garfield bright go. All right, um, we're gonna all let him go, and then Steady's just gonna put us a throwback on "If I oh. Ever Fall Love" just to close it out. I knew it. <laughs> it. She she I mean, she I know he did his rendition, but listen, <laughs> okay, we we gotta let the pros handle this and stuff. But it, um, he's gonna take us out and play this. Um, if I ever fall in love. And Garfield, again, thank you so much. And you take thank care. You. Uh, um, we'll be speaking because I follow you on Instagram and stuff. And okay. you'll be on the block. So, yeah, don't forget, you know, post on the block, too. Please okay. let us keep, keep, keep share everything on the block and stuff and whatnot. Especially with the book and, you know, and the new music oh, yeah. that's coming out. Okay? Gotcha.
1: Yes, yes. All
3: right, Garfield, you take care.
1: All right, love. Peace, peace over this. Steady on
3: your What about who gave him that name? Just to let you know, I get it. I was like, we gotta do that. Back <laughs> Let's go. I <laughs> go.
4: All right. hey. 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 So much more, awesome, and I'm following him. Yeah, Jackie
3: said she. Jackie said she's gonna reach out to I'm you.
4: Right. you fall fall to me. Again. So, okay. No. You got know, to get you
3: right with some passion. Yeah, but
2: definitely it, look please. out real high. Okay. Like. Um, hey, God. Please. Oh, Lord have mercy. The very first time <laughs> that I saw your brown eyes, yeah. your lips said hello? hello, and I said hi. <laughs> I knew right am <laughs> in the sun right now. But I was caught up in physical attraction. But to my satisfaction, maybe you're more than just a
4: friend.
2: if I ever in love again, again, I will be sure that the lady is a friend. So true, uh, so true. I
3: will be sure that the lady
2: is just like you. Oh, oh here come, here come. Yeah, really, yeah. My, 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 my I swear the next time she'll be my friend. Yeah. If I say that I can be your one and a only, okay. promise that you never leave me lonely. I just wanna be the one you need. I'm singing okay. with coffee right now, you okay. I just wanna be the one to serve you. Sometimes I feel as if I don't deserve you. I cherish every moment that we share. I'm and if I am all in love, so true, baby, yeah. I will be sure that the lead is just like you. Okay, here it come, here it come, comes, here
1: it come. comes. Hey, baby.
2: Oh, hey!
1: i made a promise. Hey! The next time I fell in love, hey, my love would also be my friend. Somebody will be there for me to They can thank. To love me. To hold me. To comfort Oh my
2: god! Yes! So I just like oh. My friend, very next time she will be My friend, next time my friend. Oh. I gonna try it. Oh. Oh my, my.
3: Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh Never. In my.
2: Be sure that the lady is a friend. If I am yeah. yeah. a I, yeah. yeah. so yeah. I, I will be, be sure
5: that I
2: ladies just friend,
3: yeah. like okay. oh, if I am oh, Garfield, thank you for sticking around for that. <laughs> thank you so much for sticking around for that. Thank you. Thank you. I got to sing with Garfield tonight, too. Okay. All no right. Doubt. Thank you so much, Garfield. Again, you have a good night. Finish celebrating your birthday, you know, because no your birthday is mom. Okay. And um, I'll be seeing you around, hon. Yes, All love. Right?
4: Yes. Y'all be All easy. Right. You too. Thank
3: you. Please. Thank you. All Please. right, Steady. Take us out of here. <laughs>
0: Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this iconic, memorable episode. Oh, yeah. It's really been amazing, y'all. Y'all just don't know what this episode does for the culture, for the fans, and for podcasters like myself. Like, definitely iconic. Truly yeah. a blessing. So, we'll see you guys on Artistry Tuesday tomorrow.
3: Artistry Tuesday is have- going to be hot tomorrow. Big up. Thank you again, Mr. Dr. Garfield Bright.
4: Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> yes. Y'all have a good night, y'all. Peace.